They call him Fingers, but I never see him Fing. Oh, there they go. Welcome to Vital Social Issues and Stuff with Chris and John Wayne. I am John Wayne. With me, as always, of course, is Christopher Triana. Chris. Mr. John Wayne, my buddy, my man, how are you? Hey, doing hey. all right. Doing all right, man. This fine, fine day. It's a Good. pleasure to see you. Good to uh, see you. You know, I see that you've made a decision today to wear sleeves, and that's fine. Um, but, well, you I know. Mean, it's, it's, just, it's just regular sleeves. It's not long sleeves. It's just mm-hmm. regular sleeves. But I had to because it's what? a new shirt and I'm in love with it. It's an I spit on your grave shirt. Yeah. I'll show nice it cult. up for the people at home. Show it. Watching. Yeah. We talked about that on our, our tra- last uh, we did. episode. Trash, we trash did. We did. We did. We talked about it on Trash Cinema. Do you want to spend a whole three hours talking about Trash Cinema again? Uh, Yeah, but let's save it. Another like day. The Redux in a, in a year or so. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what's been going on, man? You know, you're not wearing your contraption today. I'm not. Show. I am allowed. I am. Uh, for those uh, who may not know what he's talking about, uh, he's talking about this special uh, deluxe sling that I've been wearing after my rotator cuff surgery, which I'm still recovering from. Uh, but I am allowed to take that off in a quote unquote controlled environment, which means at home where I'm, you know, I'm safe. Uh, you know, so I, I I've been kind of homebound. I've been totally homebound anyway, because I can't drive. Um, and so. Yeah, I just, you know, around the house, I can kind of keep it off, and then I take the dog on the walk, uh, walk or something, and I put it on, you know, but, uh, yeah, I got a little break from it. But you're going to be able to throw, like, a like a fastball really fast after this, right? Like I better. Like, I better. Uh, well, I never was able to before, ever in my life, so <laughs> I'm hoping that this will give me that superpower. Can I play the piano anymore? <laughs> exactly. Well, of course you can. Well, well I, couldn't I couldn't before. before. <laughs> Yep, excellent little, little nerd moment what an excellent time party on, uh party on wayne party on uh i tell you i uh and you know it's okay i have a prescription um for this surgery but uh you know i've got it's it's labor day i've got oxycodone in my veins and a glass of whiskey in my hand let's do a goddamn show burn baby burn <laughs> Very good, very good. Um, yeah, and we're going to get into, uh, and that is kind of alluding to what the show is going to uh, focus on. Um, See what I did there? Yeah. Uh, Chris, <laughs> it's going to be, uh, this is uh, Chris's intervention, so uh, welcome. No, uh, this show is going to be about some <laughs> some drugs, but. My intervention. Uh, yeah. Stoney McStonerson from Stonesville. That is flagrant false advertising. <laughs> Flagrant, false advertising. Here's Uh, a fun thing, too, speaking of shirts, is you're wearing a shirt that says Goner. uh, And when we first logged in, I thought it, I asked you, I was like, does it say Boner or Stoner? Because all I could see was O N E R. (laughs) And and I think both of those would also make a good shirt uh, for you or for anyone. That's true. Shouts out to Goner Records in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, And and shouts out to Boners. And shouts out to Boners. Uh, Rest in peace, Jay Retard. Uh, one of the greats on uh, Ghana Records. Um, 
oh, before okay. he went to Maverick and put, put I think his last record came out on Maverick. Maybe I'm not sure. Rest Either way, power. rest in power, Jay Retard and uh, Gunner. Uh, speaking of resting in power, um, other sad news: uh, the horror show with Brian Keane after six years. Uh, they've uh, they decide to shut things down. And with, with good reason, uh, Brian particularly wants to focus more on writing. The show takes a lot out of them. They put a lot of work into it. And it's been a stressful year with all of the scandals and other things going on. And they've always been kind of like champions of tackling that stuff. Uh, but I'll always be grateful uh, for having been a guest on that show and for everything that uh, Brian and Mary and the gang uh, did with that show. So rest in power, the horror show. Rest in power. Yeah, uh, I agree. I was very thankful to be a part of uh, to be a part of that show once and be on there. It was a, a huge fucking deal when Brian was like, "Let's go record an episode." And I was like, yeah. "All right, yeah, let's do it." You know, you're getting Smeedles Manly in here, yeah. and uh, it was good. So, and it did no, a lot I was of good. Honored, man, he, he had he had me on the show. He had me come up there. I mean, I was honored. It was such a thrill. I yeah. heard you had the dog. Bear was there. Bear was, was on the show. Uh, you know, my dog was on the horror show with Brian Keene. There's so many writers who wish they could be on the show. My dog was on that show. And and uh, if you uh, go to chrisandjohnwayne.com right now, we have uh, T-shirts available. My dog was on the horror show with Brian Keene. Uh, well, I could wear that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or we have them made also for dogs, like those dog shirts or whatever. Yes, say that. Yes. We're going to look into this. So it's not really there yet. But anyway, but, the point is, is that the horror show with Brian Keene is, is, was a great podcast. It's over now. So John Wayne, now is our chance to take up all of those fans that the oh, horror show has. Fill the vacuum, they baby. Fill the void, baby. They're looking for someone new to listen to. This is our chance. Are you ready to blow it with me? Yeah, because <laughs> I was going to say, like, now, like, no, there's, you said you mentioned scandals. I was like, there'd be no one to keep our scandals in check. We'll, <laughs> we'll be known as the scandalous cast. We might as well call it that. Let's just show half a nip here in a second. Oh. There well, was. if we keep doing shows about pornography and smut, I'm sure we'll get canceled eventually. But we keep uh, it real, and I want to give a ch- also shouts out and thanks to Tangi, uh, you know Tanja Jello, <laughs> off on a Tangi just, for just Tangi uh, just for tangy. being in the the show last week and uh, her you know which well, she this will be, this will be the show before last before last Actually. is it. Yeah, because the we did the part two trash. Oh, show. that's right. Okay, that's yeah, right. yeah. But she I'm was at, on the. the I'm in a time warp. So two episodes ago, when you're hearing this, yeah, yeah. it uh, uh, shouts out and thank you to to her. Yes, she she was great. She was the perfect guest for that, and it was important for us to have the female perspective on that. And uh, she was the best person we could have possibly had. Mm-hmm. So. And she made me a bunch of burritos. Yeah. So rest in power. Sorry. Uh, we lost you. <laughs> no, I mean, she left. She left your house. She had to go back to She did. Place. She did. But she took good care of me that first week. And she made she made a bunch of burritos and froze them and put them in the fridge. And she even, like, wrote cool things on the bags. You know, uh, like, she, she named them and, like, you know, and wrote what was in them and, and everything. And, like, she named one, like, Big Trouble and Little Tummy. And, like, it was, like, some, like, Chinese burrito thing she made. You know, it was just, like, oh, she's just, goodness. she just really took good care of me. Man. How adorable. It's adorable. Um, it's adorable. It is adorable. Uh, that's good, man. I'm I'm glad. And uh, that was. I just wanted to give her another thank you. Uh, and uh, hey, if she wants to come write some weird, funny things on the food of my house, come on down. <laughs> hey, welcome. Get your own. <laughs> I, I do. I got one. <laughs> 
Love you, darling. My wife. Uh, so speaking of my wife, this has nothing to do with her, but uh, we should. You want to get into a book of the week so we can get into our other topics or, or how you feeling? <laughs> speaking of my wife, you want to do book of the week? Yes, uh, John Wayne's wife. <laughs> a real interesting book called The Truth About John Wayne. No, I said speaking uh, of my wife, it has nothing to do with her, but did you want to speak about Book of the Week? <laughs> it's called The Truth About John Wayne, and you open it up and she, and she just says he's awesome. Yeah. Oh, wait, I wrote that. I wrote uh, that. Uh, you ghost wrote it for her. <laughs> I did. She's got her picture on the back and everything. She's got, like, glasses. She wears glasses, but she's got, like, other glasses on to make her even, like, smarter and shit. Oh, it's nerd glasses. Yeah, the real thick lenses. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Super nerd. Anyway. All right. Well, we might as well get into it. It's that topic that always gets the Corey Hotline ringing off the hook. Book of the week. Book. Book of the week. We did it. We did it. Um, so to, to, you, do you want to start this one, but you, you lead it off and I'm going to read the back. Okay, sure. Uh, this book is fairly new. Uh, it came out, I think within about a month's time, maybe a month ago. Uh, and this book is by a, a very good chap by the name of Anderson Prunty, uh, who is uh, a prolific writer and is also one of the hard workers at Adelato Press and Grindhouse Press. Uh, and he has a new book. It's a collection uh, of his uh, dark, twisted uh, short stories called Death Trippin'. And uh, we're going to be tripping on this show, baby. Uh, so take it away with John Wayne. Tell us what this book is all about. So this, uh, this book is actually a collection of uh, Andy's, a lot of his previous work uh, all put together, like novellas and short stories, uh, on, all under the, you know, title of this death tripping which has got a killer cover i mean the cover is really fucking awesome if you're not looking at this um you should uh i got this when it came out a couple weeks ago and just the back says it's uh from dust bowl freak shows to modern day existential horror death tripping collects 35 short stories written over a 20-year period disturbing provoking surreal absurd and bitingly morbid these stories 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 these stories are invitations to a world that wants to swallow the reader whole. Mm, they swallow. And then it lists like uh, a lot of stories. I'm not going to list all the stories, but it's, you know, Room 19. Uh, a lot of these, like I've, I've, you know, these are in other collections, The Jack Thief. Uh, just all good stuff. All of these are good. I'm, so is this like the creme a la creme of his, uh, of his short works? Kind of, kind of like that. I mean, it's not like a. I mean, I don't know if it's like the best hit, like the greatest hits collection. Now, now this is Prunty Volume One, or no, that's what I call Prunty Volume One. Uh, I don't know if it's Prunty that necessarily. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's uh, it's got a lot of the you know it's putting all the stuff together. It's kind. Of, I don't know if it's like a demarcation, like boom, this is all the shit up to now, and now I'm going to be like. Andy 2.0 and write like from the future and like you know everything after this will be life tripping or or death. It won't. No, he balance. Won't yeah, probably not. Yeah. Uh, no, it's just Always a collection of this. Uh, I think it's just a place. Uh, it kind of brings all that stuff together. So if you're a fan of his work, you can get all of that kind of early stuff without having to buy like a, a several different collections and right. uh, you know, ch- chase anthologies. 
uh, you know, like if if you're new to his work, it's a good sampler to get a taste of the kind of stuff he writes. If you are already a fan, it's a nice collection of some stuff that might be harder to find or scattered all over the place. So it'd be a nice little uh, collection for you to just kind of like put that in your packet. Yeah, put it in your pocket, or uh, or don't. Put it in your really pack. thick. <coughs> it's it really thick. Pack. Oh, speaking of really thick, um, you know, <coughs> dirty talk should... about boners. <coughs> Man, <coughs> what oh, a time! Christ. Yeah. yeah, I'm just marijuana getting totally safe. Oh, you know what, man? I'm sick of your fucking. You know. <laughs> he doesn't even have words. Anyway, on to the. Um, <laughs> speaking of uh, marijuana, that's going mm-hmm. to be part of what we are. We're talking about today uh, drugs all throughout. That's the overarching theme, but we're going to break it up in a little couple few things here. Yes, so, we are. We're going to break it up into little categories, but we decided uh, we're going to do a show about D-R-U-G-S, drugs, everybody's favorite thing, whether they admit it or not. Hey, buddy. Uh, All right. <laughs> far out, man. <laughs> In the God of Vida, baby. So without further ado, let's get to our first topic, which is... One, two, three, four... Drugs. 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 So before we get uh, going down this road, yeah. Before you know, a, a few minutes ago at the top of the show, Chris, you mentioned that you, uh, you know, very responsibly took uh, a couple of painkillers uh, <laughs> to kind of get yourself loosey goosey for this kind of drug, <laughs> drug kind of show. I like. Um, I wanted to just remind everyone: I have a prescription. I just had shoulder surgery. Totally legal. Okay, so, in because I knew, I knew you'd pull some deeds like that. <laughs> I I want to let you go. You know that right before uh, you called me on the Skype, uh, I I ate two gel hits of uh, acid, LSD oh, acid. Shit, uh, and it and are you uh, serious? I'm very serious because oh my that's God. my commitment to the the show at this point. It's the drug show, so I am committed to it and i'm going to show you how we do it why so, am i afraid like why Why would you be afraid dude i don't know why am i nervous like why does this acid make me nervous i don't know you're just a nervous nervous i'm gonna infect you through the things dude whoa, whoa. so i took this uh i did take one i i tried it out on on saturday night i took one but I, i've had a, this one before but different batch anyway it's very good you took but, two of them, though. Yeah, I took two of them tonight because oh, I, I had to go hard in the paint for this is the episode, dude. This is, this is the, the one. People this expect your, this authenticity, is <laughs> authenticity from us, okay? Sure. sure. You know how I this mean, is going to be really interesting. Like, I, uh, I am not a a, a pill popper, uh, but I'm pill, pop, pill popper MD. <laughs> uh, but I, but I am on pills now. He's on acid, and uh, we've got a couple of drinks, like. This is scandalous. This is, and this there's is no one in check, baby. <laughs> no, no, no like he wasn't check at all. Oh god, oh this is great. This is gonna be a good show. It is gonna be a good show. Are so, you gonna be okay to do a show? Are you gonna be all right? Like, I work on the floor. If I, I say I talked about it on the fucking uh, the drug pod, the drug podcast, the drug panel I was on with uh, John Skip and a couple other people. He's a uh, yeah. I, I, how I uh, had taken acid at like almost m- most of these conventions I've been at lately, 
every day and just work the floor what? on acid. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Were you, I don't remember you being on acid when we were doing shows. When we were like running booths, did were you on acid then? I don't remember you doing acid. <coughs> um, the last booth we shared it really together. well. The last booth we shared together. Days of the Dead, Charlotte. Days of the Dead in Charlotte. Did I do it there? If you did, you didn't tell me, and you also no, hit it really I well. <laughs> I don't think I did there, but like, uh, I don't. I like, dude. Like, I I used to do acid. There's a brief period in my life. Time I was about eighteen, like eighteen and nineteen, like two years. I did it, like I mean, I did it a little bit before that, but like those two years, I did a disgusting amount of acid, like way too much. I was like wanted to expand my brain, and like I thought it would make me more creative and make and make it so I could like, like have more thoughts and understand the universe and all this. Uh, and so I did it a lot, and then when I finally quit, it was like I had been doing it so much that I almost felt bizarre not tripping. Which kind of freaked me out too, you know. Like being sober felt weird because I was so yeah. used to acid being in my system. But uh, even like even doing it that much, I can't imagine like running a booth and like handling money and like meeting fans while I was that fucked up. Like I don't know how you do it, man. I I uh, I enjoy like it's fun. I I tell um. I was saying that I like to dig myself out of a hole, um, in that way. But I'm also it's just fun. Uh. Skip said, like, oh, you're very comfortable on that side of things, aren't you? I'm like, yeah, I'm very, it's very easy for me, like, to maneuver uh, while on these type of things throughout reality. I right. feel like uh, a little bit more uh, slippery as I'm coming in, you know, wow. into, uh, into it. So it's fun. I, I like it. I like to talk to people. I don't have any freak outs or anything, uh, although well, it is, good. it's pretty freaky, man. Because if you start freaky. freaking out and, like, Thinking like I'm never gonna be sane again. I gotta jump out the window. I mean, I'm not in the same room. There's not. There's little I can do. Like, do you have a? Do you have like a safe word or something like to get your wife in there? Or something? My wife. There's no safe <laughs> word. She's she's fine. Banana. She just, you know, banana. She yeah. She's like, did you take your drugs already? And I was like, about to. She's like, all right. See you later. Wow. All right. Well, this is gonna be a hooting, hollering, good time. So, it is. It is. But. Yeah, so it's uh it's good, and um, here we go. I love this guy. I mean, who doesn't love this guy? Who doesn't? <laughs> you know, he is one outrageous dude. <laughs> when he when he's not on screen, people should be saying, "Where's Poochie? Why isn't Poochie here?" <laughs> Where's John Wayne? <laughs> one outrageous guy. Yeah. All right. So, um, I guess we we're just going to talk about our own history with drugs a little okay. bit i think that would be kind of fun and even funny uh for some of our listeners you know like how you and i first discovered drugs or got into them uh where that came into our lives uh mm -hmm. and what ones we've done i don't know if you're comfortable talking about all the different ones that you've done um, yeah, fine. i will reveal mine but i'm a candy ass compared to most people so yeah that's fine i don't care all right you want to you want to start with that or like sure or, everything all the all the illicit substances that we've put into our bodies yeah all the all the what drugs have you done what drugs have you tried if you don't if you don't mind you weed know? uh acid coke lsd mushrooms ecstasy mdma uh 
pup, puppers, uppers, slappers, dipsies. <laughs> with, <laughs> I don't even know what half those things no. are. Uh, yeah, so like, I don't know, just like. Uh, What's MDMA? What's that? That's just like ecstasy. That's like the. Oh, it's like a new. I know the kids the, call it. The kids call it Molly now. Molly, yeah, that's like Molly. Yeah, it's like all the same. It's on the same thing there somewhere, you know. I remember I was. Uh, it, it was at um, KillerCon, and someone, uh, this woman, was talking to me, uh, you know, about my books and stuff, and she was cool, and she, she said something uh, about uh, doing poly. And oh, I I was right next to you in this. Yeah, one. you remember I, this? Oh, yeah. I snapped exactly to what I even had a premonition that this is exactly what you were about to say before you. <laughs> you like no, <laughs> no, because like she said, doing she's she's that's how she phrased it, doing poly. And I don't remember. And you were like math equations. What are we talking about here? <laughs> uh, no, no, I I thought she was talking about Molly. I was like, oh, uh, you're, you're tripping on ecstasy, or like you're doing the ecstasy. And she was like, look at me, like no, what are you talking about? And I was like, well, you said you're doing poly. And she's like, no, poly is, you know, is, that's not a drug. And I was like, okay. And she, like, didn't believe me that I didn't know what poly was. And I guess poly is when you're in a multiple relationships, when you're in... Oh, polyamorous, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah it's, it's when you're it's like in... A, yeah, you're... you're you, yeah, you, what you were going to say, many relationships. Yeah, like, like you're, you're in, like, loose relationships that you love more than one person and everybody's cool with it. Uh, and I was like, well, then why did you call it doing poly but i guess that's a phrase for being poly and i thought she meant doing molly which is ecstasy. i don't know if i've ever heard that doing poly is a phrase he <laughs> claimed but like i uh i thought she meant doing molly i thought she meant doing ecstasy i'm old uh and so i don't i don't know all this hip stuff that the the young ladies know but uh but that yeah, doesn't explain yeah. how you ended up in the parking lot giving hjs all night though still <laughs> doesn't it doesn't. It doesn't. But, you know, like, I got to get my bus fare somehow. That's right. That's right. Handy J's. Mm. Yeah. And those calluses, well, I Some like them. I like them. Yeah, like, yes, you like them. You, you cut, were the first alphabet. Cut underneath, you know. Anyway. A little more friction. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so I, uh, I, what were we talking about? Drugs. <laughs> it's starting already. No, uh, this is normal. No, we were talking about what drugs we've done. And you listed yours. Uh, would you like to know what drugs I've done, Mr. I Trump? would love to hear it. Yes, I'm that's sure you. you. That's what I was waiting um, for. Well, caffeine, alcohol. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> well, they count. They count. Uh, sugar. Sugar. <laughs> Sin. <laughs> Sin. <laughs> Virginia. <laughs> no, no. Uh, the drugs I've done are are very few. I've I've done you know weed, LSD, mushrooms, and that's it. Um, everything else like were prescription drugs, over the counter uh, or not over the counter, but you know legal drugs as long as I had a prescription, including the the goofballs that I'm on today. Well, very good. Um... Well, I'd also like to say this, that my drug years were when I was young. Um, I stopped doing drugs when I was about 20, 21. And I also stopped drinking when I turned 21, which is absurd. Like, right at the same year I turned 21, I stopped drinking. And the reason is I got really into weightlifting and bodybuilding. And so oh, I went cold right. turkey on everything. I quit smoking. I quit drinking. I quit drugs. Uh, 
And I never did steroids or any performance enhancing drugs either. I did everything all natural with my weightlifting, bodybuilding. And I didn't even drink for about 10 years. I didn't even drink. Damn. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was just that dedicated to it. Um, what a nerd. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> Look at this. A big muscle bound nerd. <laughs> <laughs> Kick sand in your face and shit. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But then, uh, you yeah, know, but then, uh, uh, you know, I broke up with a long-term girlfriend. A buddy of mine went to Las Vegas, and uh, you know, like things got a little crazy. And I did you kill a hooker in Vegas? No, I didn't kill a hooker. I may have done other things with one, but I didn't kill one. Like very uh, bad things. I love very bad things. Very bad things. But no, I, I had my first beer in ten years on the streets of Las Vegas because you can just carry them around in the streets, you know. And they put them yeah. in these like aluminum bottles because, yeah, like, yeah. you know, like because. Douchebags will smash the glass everywhere. So there's like just these aluminum, these like I'd never had that before. An aluminum bottle of like Budweiser or whatever shit beer it was. They usually have those at um like baseball and football games. That's the okay. So I don't go to those when the when the vendors coming around. Yeah, you'll get these those fucking weird uh, aluminum bottle things. Yeah, because people throw Bud Light. Yeah, which is pretty awesome. Um, it's awesome that they throw them. Yeah, why not? You know. It's fucking it's, umpire. But you can also carry your, your beer around like that in like New Orleans. Uh, oh, as yeah, you know. yeah. You can do it in other sinful, uh, you know, dens of iniquity like New Orleans and Vegas and places like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I haven't done a whole lot of drugs. Um, I've never done coke. I've never done ecstasy, even though ecstasy was like the drug of the 90s and like all the all the girls in my hometown were really into ecstasy and that's why they all became strippers um but that's another podcast like all the girls that i knew who became strippers including a lot of girlfriends of mine uh that's a whole other show like all the girls i've stripped for before, before. all the girls who so, for me um so i was gonna say like um you know of course the first uh, the first thing I, I started getting into is uh, the the weeds, the, weed. uh, the marijuana, as as you as you do. Yeah. Uh, it's not called the gateway for a reason, uh, or it is called the gateway for a reason. It um, is. It is. Either way, it it's it's uh it's. Are, that's, are you that's freaking out, dude? Are you freaking out? <laughs> no. Are you? No. no, no. <laughs> I was gonna tell a story though about. Uh, no, please do. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're fine, dude. I got you. See, you you can't throw me off, baby. I got. I'm riding this dragon into the the flying mist right now. See, love this guy. Love this guy. I love you. So the first time, uh, I, and I've told this story before, but you know, this is a whatever. It doesn't matter. The first time I I Alex. did smoke weed, it was like I was like 17, uh, or maybe just 16 to 17, uh, and it was my with my friend Patricia. And uh, our other friend James went and got it for us, and and we uh, we like you know smoked this joint and went out for the first time, like just uh, to to somebody else's apartment where they were doing whippets, and then we like smoked this joint, and then like I also like did a whippet, and I was like, this is fucking crazy, dude. I'm smoking weed and doing whippets now. What's happening? But uh, it was the first time I I smoked weed. So then uh, this I'm sorry, apartment. How, how old were you? Like seventeen ish, right there. Wow. Right? That that old, yeah. No, I'm just surprised. That's all. No, no, yeah, I, had to, I mean, my parents were, uh, you know, my mom was a, more of a watchdog. She's religious. Shouts yeah. out, mom. Yeah. Uh, you know, you did your Shouts best, out, but mom. too bad. So sad. <laughs> um, 
She'll be at my house here in a couple uh, weeks. Actually, like next week she wants. I thought you were gonna stuff. say a couple of minutes. Like she was gonna be. She'll part be of right here. She comes, mom. <laughs> and she's tripping on acid. Oh, dude, that would be nuts. That would be awesome. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So no, what, you were at this party. You tried weed for the first time. No, no, yeah. it, it wasn't even a party. It was what was happening was it was a. Uh, okay, so I live in Texas and in Houston. And at this time, uh, I, I was living north of Houston in like a suburb called Spring. Uh, so, you know, it's like whatever, 30 miles, 40 miles north of the actual city. It's like one of these fucking, I don't know. It's it's wherever. That's where I grew up. All right, man. Lay yeah, off. It's, it's fine. Lay off, man. No. So Spring <clears throat> rules. Spring. Spring football forever. Yeah. So uh, it was. Um, but anyway. That has nothing to do with spring football ruling. The thing is, is that the climate, it was like one of those freeze days, like or freeze weeks. We had because uh, when we get inclement weather of, of freezing temperatures in, in Houston, everything shuts down. Like uh, what's freezing in Houston? Sixty <laughs> five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, like with freezing, whatever, 32, you know, because we don't have the the shit to like necessarily be you know icing down roads no, and yeah, all that yeah. kind of shit no i i know i i lived in north carolina it was the same thing like when it like snowed like the whole town shut down you know because they just weren't prepared you know because it so rarely snowed but anyway continue yeah no so this is especially this was back in the ni- late 90s so you know we were we had even less you know it was mostly just sticks and stones and breaking bones oh yeah and, they didn't have plows and smoking bones myself yeah, they didn't have plows and uh, like ice melt in the 90s like you just had to like go out there with your pitchfork and like a gang of dwarfs or something and like take care of it way back in 1990 that's what you did back then but yeah. or you went to this kind of thing so we smoked this joint and uh i think uh, we also took some bong hits so this is all like I'm just like going balls deep, pretty much. Well, like, and, were you scared or anything? Were you nervous about it? Do you remember? No, I wasn't. I was at this point just You're like, or dude, fuck it, man. Yeah, doing it. I want to do this. Weed yeah. is supposed to be good. Let me dip my dick in the weed, <laughs> dicks. I heard that dick it's weed. pretty let good. Me my, let me get my weed wet. <laughs> you know, hey, so. Friend. But but so I'm uh so this is the first time I get high. You know, some people have this you know thing where you'll hear this common kind of a story of like, well, first time I smoked, I didn't really get high. So, you know, then what it is is that you just don't know what high is. And then you, yeah, you don't, you don't understand what's even happening. Yeah. Yeah. Usually that's what happens. No matter what, if you want to say it didn't happen that way to you, fine. But that's, I I can a hundred percent say like I was absolutely high as fuck. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, we were in this apartment complex. It was very close to where like, um, you know, it's the it's like the fucking suburbs, dude. So it's like a you know awful just c- conglomeration of chain restaurants in this like little area by apartment complexes where, you know, people have you know degenerate people have young children over to smoke weed at their house and <laughs> with it. Apparently, I don't. Um, and uh, <laughs> so we went to this. Uh, we went to an IHOP, like right there, far out. And it's far out, man. And we all, dude. We're like. The, the nightmare of nightmares there's the, we're like a ten top of people dude oh, all God. of us just yeah, like you're like the ones that all the servers hate yeah. but but you uh know, so, people who are stoned and sit there and drink coffee all night and never buy anything so i'm just sitting there and uh I, i'm just high out of my mind i'm trying to keep it together at this table of all these people and yeah. 
the la- the the waitress like before she even comes over to say anything to us she like brings like 12 waters however many there are of us on this big tray you know and she's like okay guys so how are we doing i'm just gonna go ahead and then she she steps weird and i'm just where i'm just like sitting at like nothing normal and uh-huh. she she tips the tray and all of the waters go <laughs> onto my uh, down my back like oh all, man all of them <laughs> And this is awesome. the first time I've ever got. I'm sitting there trying to keep my shit together and not just like I'm high. What? Yeah. All right, I'm gonna get some yeah. pancakes or what? And then all, the all time of a sudden, I get the the Mike all... bath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I get that. And then I just uh, immediately I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, and <laughs> and the girl is like freaking out. She's like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! I'm so sorry!" And I'm like, "I'm sorry! I'm sorry!" It was like this, <laughs> it was this apology off. Like we didn't know who was That's in the true. wrong, but. uh it was pretty funny, and then uh, you know everyone laughed, and we had a good chuckle, and I think we got free waffles or something. But free water, <laughs> she got free water. She definitely was like, oh, "Those waters are on me." <laughs> oh, actually, they were on you. Oh. <laughs> and she said, "Send me the bill for the yep. cleaning." So, and that woman's name was Julia Roberts. <laughs> pretty she, woman. She, she grew up to be someone. Um, my first experience with weed was kind of funny in a sense. Um, well, first of all, my parents smoked weed, but I didn't know that. Um, you know, like I didn't find that out till I was like 16 or something because by then I was a stoner and I smelled it coming out of my parents' room and, you know, and I knew what it was because they were also smokers. And so like, you know, when you're young, you don't know the difference, you know, um, smoke is smoke, you know? Um, but the area I grew up in in Florida was kind of scuzzy and uh, like like everybody's parents like did drugs of some kind. And, and this, is, this is just true. Like they all did, dude. Like all of my friends, all their parents, for the most part, at least smoked weed, if, if not something harder. Um, and there were definitely a lot of homes that were way more messed up than mine. Uh, but anyway, the first time I ever smoked it, I was uh, 14. And... I was uh, hanging out with this this guy, um, my friend Dean, and we went to his house. Me and him and his girlfriend Carmen, and his parents, his parents were stoners. They also, as it turned out, that they were like former heroin addicts and were on methadone and stuff. But this is a whole other like dark story. Dude, they had so, those names on me again. Would you say Dean Carmen? Dean Fuck and it. Carmen. Yeah. Dean, Carmen, Chris with a K. This is like sexy cutting. This is it like is. Uh, this is yeah. some sexy ass storytelling. Dude. Well, Go this ahead. is this is funny because what like what like is said, funny? Like, what is funny about this? I I don't know. <laughs> Just <laughs> <fucking>. <laughs> um, well, I, I'll say it. it's funny you say that because of what happens. Um, oh. uh, but anyway, uh, uh, his parents had drug problems, like serious drug problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were totally fine with him, like, you know, so they were, they were fine with him smoking weed. Like, my parents would have been mortified if they knew I was smoking weed, and I had never smoked it before until this night. And so, anyway, we went to go see, like, his mom was, like, one of those moms that, like, got stoned with the teenagers and, like, hung out and, like, bought us beer. She was one of those moms, yeah. Yeah, and she um, banged your friends. Yes, she did. Yeah. That's another podcast. Anyway. That's a different podcast. <laughs> anyway, um... <laughs> so uh like she was one of those moms and uh and so, like so she uh 
Uh, you know, she she knew we had the weed and everything, but she oh, that's what I was saying. She I took really us, got you sidetracked with that, didn't she, you? She, <laughs> she, she she took us to see the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, uh, nice! Like performed live with like a live you know crew and everything. They did it at this uh, met, at the Metro Twin Cinema. It was one of the few cool things we had in town uh, where they would play goofy stuff like that, and they had a live group. Uh, and so we went to see that, and then we went back to Dean's place, and. Uh, he and, and Carmen and I were all hanging out in his room, and he brought out a bong and was like, hey, man, oh, you yeah. smoke? And, like, he's 14, too. Like, we're 14. Not only did his parents know he smoked weed, but they, like, supplied him with weed. Uh, and so the three of us get stoned. And this was also because uh, Carmen was, like, super cool. She was way cooler than Dean and I. And girls mature faster and all that. She, uh, she had brought with her um, the first Danzig album. And she puts on the first Danzig album. I had never heard Danzig. And ever since then, I've been a lifelong fan. I love Danzig. She puts on the first Danzig album. We're, we smoke out of the bong. I start just tripping out and just like listening to the music and get kind of like lost in the music. And Dean and Carmen start having sex in his right water. In his water oh, bed. Oh, that's awesome. Like right next to me. And like I didn't even notice, like for the longest time, that they were having sex. It wasn't until like they started like moaning and stuff that I was like, "Oh, they're having sex," you know. And mind you, they're both fourteen. I'm fourteen. We're stoned on their parents' weed, <laughs> and like this is romantic, dude. It's just like what an introduction. So after that, like I was a giant stoner, of course. You know? yeah. yeah, and now you just make fun of me for being a giant stoner, but uh, that's okay. I do it lovingly. I know. I know. I'm just poking at you. I, I, I do it lovingly. But no, I mean, I, you know, I. That's a great story. I was a stoner. Though, I was a stoner in my teen years. And then I grew up and some people just don't. Yeah, I was waiting for that. <laughs> I was waiting <laughs> for asked, that. You asked for it by being like, you make fun of me. No, I'm not saying you make fun of me. Are you making fun of me? Are, are, are you making fun of you? I'm not making fun of you. No. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. I don't give a fuck, first of all. And uh, second <laughs> of all, no. That's I don't a cool give a fuck either that you smoke weed. It's fine. <clears throat> like, so, lots of people smoke weed. I don't judge. Like, if I enjoyed it the way that I did back then, I would be smoking weed right now. But it just doesn't have the same effect yeah. on me that it once did. No, no. It's not for everybody. And it definitely no. passes people. I loved mind, it at but... the time. If I, got, if I got from it what I got from it back then, I would be smoking it at this very moment, dude. But it just doesn't. It has a negative effect on me now. Yeah positive so no we don't want that no we don't want that no look how happy i am we don't want to ruin that i'm in such a good mood today it's labor day i got my pain pills i got my buddy john wayne i got my dog like this is the best day it is a good day it's a great day Mm -hmm. i mean by the time our listeners hear this it won't be labor day so they won't be celebrating like one of the best holidays ever but we are right now so by the time they hear this they'll probably be dead Rest so in peace, everybody. Rest in power, everybody. Our whole audience. Dude, how how will they hear it if they're dead, dude? Whoa. Fuck. Whoa. And now the acid kicks in. Now, I'm still doing all right. I'm smoking this good weed. I got some really good weed, too, this week, so... Look at you, you're like all like, ha, 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 uh, my shoulder. It's, uh, no, no, it just, it just got a little spasm there in the shoulder, but I'm all right. It's okay. Okay, good. <clears throat> so we're talking about your uh, your weed 
starting day. Well, yeah, that was that was the first time, and then I got really into weed, and uh, like I said, my parents oh. weed, particularly my mom, uh, and uh, and uh, and yeah, and so like after that, like I just smoked weed all the time, a lot, and I smoked it alone a lot. Like I would hang out with my friends when we'd get high, but. I really enjoyed smoking it alone. And as I got older, I realized I just like doing absolutely everything alone more than I like anything yeah, I was say, What's wrong with smoking weed alone? No, no, nothing, nothing. But a lot of people, man, so for man, a lot of people, it's a, it's, a well, social, uh, it's a social thing, like drinking or whatever. For a lot of people, it's a social thing. But I, at a very young age, you know, like I would love to just like smoke weed and put on music and like just start like writing and like come up with stories or poems or draw or stuff like that. Like, it was kind of like, I mean, I was creative anyway, but it kind of fueled that creativity. It, like, it just, I just loved being by myself, and I would put on, like, not just, like, rock and roll, but I would put on a lot of, like, film scores. And to this day, I write, and I listen to a lot of film scores. But yeah. I would, like, even back then, even at 15, I was really into, like, Danny Elfman, and, uh, and I would, like, put on the score to, like, Batman Returns or Edward Scissorhands or whatever, and I would be just, yeah. like, writing stories and just be stoned out of my gourd. You know, and then at some point I was like 16 or something. And like my mom and I were both like, all right, we, we both smoke weed. Let's just accept it. Let's just embrace it. Uh, but we never really got high together all that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but like we both like like we're like, OK, yeah, we both smoke weed. And I would like give her weed sometimes and she would give me weed sometimes and stuff. It was weird. It was a weird thing. Like when I think back on it now, I'm like, it eh, probably wasn't the best thing for a parent to do but whatever uh who knows man. now and i love her and you know rest in power rest in power yeah so like um uh yeah what i was gonna fuck i lost it again god damn it <laughs> well, acid. no uh maybe i can lead you because like you were you talked about what uh like your first experience with it what happened after that like did you just start pursuing it on your own or or, or what like with with weed like after your first time. Oh, uh, oh, I was gonna say like oh, I was a giant. Uh, okay, so I was a giant pussy. Like it's been you know cat. I've been I've uh, you know detailed taken detailed notes about. Uh, now you say being was a, be a, like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> called it. I call it a GP. I know it's not an acceptable term, but giant pussy. Uh, when I was younger, you know, well, and it's better uh, than a, a, a WAP. That's the, that's what the kids love right now. Like that song, wet ass pussy. Wap. Oh, I thought you were saying WAP, like you were... You no, WAP, not WAP. You're at Italian heritage right now. Oh, like, right, right, because you, yeah, 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 because you're communale. Yeah, no, no, no. No, I, did, I wasn't slurring. I was I was referencing that popular song. I don't know. I don't listen to popular music, but... I don't either, but I heard about it on, on the interwebs, on the Facebook. Wet Ass Pussy is a very popular song right now, and it's sung by a woman, or rapped by a woman. Or something. I haven't listened to it. I guess but I, don't I hear it's really empowering and really filthy. What? So I guess I don't follow the same news like uh, streams as you, so I don't see that part of the well, algorithm. I just, so I don't I just, see wet ass pussy part of the algorithm. I guess. Well, every every morning when I go onto Twitter, <laughs> I, the first thing I type in is hashtag pussy. <laughs> So, <laughs> the first thing you type is hashtag wet ass pussy. But it's it's get, true. You get all the variations of the day, they come up, and then you search through them, you retweet the various ones that you appreciate yeah. the most. Yeah. And then uh, from there, you start your day. No, you, it's just, it's just time, this maybe. thing. It's just this, like, if you look it up, it's like a popular thing. And, um, you know, there's been all sorts of jokes based on it. Like, someone posted today, it was like a photo of 
Mark Zuckerberg pouring water on his head from remember like the ice the ice bucket challenge from years ago. He's doing that. They just and they just wrote wet ass pussy on it because it's Mark Zuckerberg getting all wet. You know, like so. There's all these like jokes like based on the song now. But anyway, oh my goodness. Anyway, well, we're date the show, dude. Now yeah. people know exactly when this came out. Yes. It's like, so, anyway, oh man, remember when people were talking about wet ass pussy back, back then? Back it was back like, in the day. it was on every T-shirt. Seemed like every billboard you drove by, wet ass pussy. Remember but, those days when you know MC Hammer was at the top of the charts? And oh man. Anyway, you were you were saying you were a pussy. Uh, which I already knew, uh, but you were a pussy back then. So. Yeah, so I got into this like later. That's why you said like seventeen. Yeah. You thought it was like late, but I didn't have access to anything because my mom was like religious. Shouts out, mom. You know you were, um, and was she very was like. She was the warden. She was the warden. She kept it down, uh, but when I could wiggle out and uh, you know get the freedom, uh, you asked. So okay, so. And that was at the end of high school. So I, every time I, I got high after that, I was with Patricia, with, with, was with that girl uh, and maybe like maybe a couple other people who would come by the house because uh, I don't think her mom, her mom was cool. She probably knew it was, what was going on, but it was just like maybe like, well, I'm just glad they're safe here. You know, right. she's definitely like a white, white lady. Not she's not like uh, smoking weed or unless she was doing it like under the table or something i don't know i don't know you know what i don't know what the right, fuck's right. going on but these are white people who these are, knows um crazy but, white people crazy white people what but yes yeah, so, but but when i got to college then you could just get it like i i happened to uh you know uh my roommates and sweet uh, people that i just came in contact with oh, yeah, dude, it's like college. Uh, I mean, college they're is throwing weed at from. you yeah. yeah college is where weed comes from or like so i've heard i went to community college it's not the same thing no, and I will thank you not to even bring it up in my presence. Community college, go. Oh, oh, thanks, Richie Rich over here. Yeah, that's right. That is choice of Princeton or Yale. That's or right. Harvard. Yep, uh, I know. And I uh, and I went to none of them, and I bought. Meanwhile, all I was working in the coal mines to take care of my sick parents. I had the black fucking lung, pop. <laughs> I did. No, um. Yeah, so when I got into college, it was after that. It was just like I was smoke. Like I was like, oh, I can smoke weed all the time now, and I really like it. So of course, you know, it was one of those things where right away it gets away from you, and you're like, oh shit, well I better figure this out because uh, well first because I would didn't want to even be in college anyway, so I was already apathetic to being there, and now I was like, oh, I can just smoke weed with my friends all the time, and I have like a just like, walk over to this well, free food place that I get food from. Like this is great. Well, can I ask? What was your favorite thing to do when you got stoned? Was it hanging out with friends or listening to music or playing music or back or then, like at first? At first, you're saying like or yeah, well, yeah, and those like when you first really became a quote unquote stoner, like those college years or whatever. Like, oh what was no, your... it was it was a it was very much based around ritual. I would say like you would uh... worshiping Satan. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it, you get together like you you, you know because I would have. You know, my sweet mate and my roommate and my sweet mate, like I said before, was my sweetie. No, uh, we shared like you shared a bathroom. That was what it was. That's yeah, uh, right, right. You referred to. And uh, and like I said, my house, the house I lived in, like the school housing for, was already badass because it was so like I said, I think I talked about it last week. It's like 20, 
Yeah, you did mention like maybe like it was like twenty some people, the co ed. It's just like this two story fucking building. It was badass. Right. So we would like we would smoke these joints at, at certain periods of time because we knew we'd be home. Like we knew between classes, like when we would uh you know, we synced up, like you know, ladies having their periods when they all sync up right. uh together. That's how we did it. Like stoners, we all sank we all synced up like that. And uh we just came to know uh that we were gonna be smoking a joint. And also we were we had like the just the best. We were right by a, a soccer field, like that was right behind our house. So we, everything was like right at our, right at our fingertips for us to just fuck up. So what? But, you played soccer when you got stoned? No, 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 no. But it, I'm just saying it's the ritual. But you, but you had the opportunity. I did, but... and I fuck that shit, man. <laughs> fuck those soccer fucking bitches. Anyway, I, I love you, soccer. So bitches. what was your favorite thing to do? Well, I'm saying I'm trying to say it's it's a lot of it was the ritual back then. You know, it's there. There was also a lot of. It was a lot more dangerous to smoke weed uh, in 1998. You know, in 1997 behind your dorm than I guess it would be considered at all now. Sure. So, like, I'm trying to say, like, like back then, like, if we we, if we were to get caught with any kind of weed at all on us, you get like it's immediate expulsion from school. No fucking yeah. refund. You know, of do course. not collect. Go. You know, uh, it was all... yeah, yeah. No, it was a big deal. So, even, so it was. It was much as different. Recently as then. Yeah. yeah. I, I know that we're like you know, some some people maybe like you know even even like ten years off. It's it's you don't understand. It was a, a much easier much to get much, to much, get in a lot more trouble with much me. bigger deal in the nineties. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, like. You wouldn't think so. Like, you know, people think like, oh, once it hit the 60s, everything changed. Yeah. It's like, well, culturally it kind of did, but only with the people who did it, not and, with and, people who didn't do it. Right. And then you also have to think like location. I'm I'm in Texas. You're in I'm Texas. Hun- yeah. I'm in Huntsville, Texas, yeah. which is up. where the prisons yeah, are. Which yeah. the Hun- Huntsville is where we put, you may know that if you don't, if you're not from Texas, you may un- uh, recognize it because that's where we put people to death uh, in Huntsville, where I went to school. Um, for smoking weed. Yeah, uh, we put them to death for all <laughs> kinds of things, smoking weed included. So a lot, a lot of prisons. Uh, right, right. Around it's big on uh, on executions. Yeah. So, but it was the ritual of just like getting with your buddies and rolling a big fat one. You know, you all kind of throw in on, and we go back to the soccer field and we smoke and be hiding behind shit and be like, what the fuck? you start to hear, you think <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, hearing yeah, shit. You know, like right, now. Yeah. Now I can give a fuck. Like you come up to my face and be like, "Are you smoking weed?" I'll be like, "Get the fuck out of here, dude!" Like, yeah, yeah, it's a different. Like thing now, it's it's now. a completely it's more, different thing. It's more accepted. It's like less of a crime, you know, than it than it once was. I mean, you still get in trouble depending on where you are, but in a lot of places, yeah. it's legal and yeah. And it's it's like a you just don't thing, don't start no shit. Won't be no shit. Is exactly. you know the kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, so it was like all about like you know kind of. Smoking this joint and with your, you know, at the same time every day hiding out, and then we'd go up uh, into the room and watch Jerry Springer every fucking. Day. <laughs> that was back when like it was like every day was a fight, and we'd be uh, like, "All uh, right, come on!" Like a uh, six of us in a fucking room yeah, yeah. watching Jerry Springer high out of our minds, so and then we then we'd go eat, then we'd go to the the place and eat well, dinner yeah, that's together. What you do, yeah, yeah, because it'd be so like funny, like like it's like you know we're we're like two years. Apart, I'm like two years older than you, or something like that. You're 41, yeah. right? Oh yeah, 41 and never 41. been kissed, baby. Yeah, yeah. And I'm 43. So like, just those two years, they mean nothing now. But like back in the like when you're young, that that's a huge world difference. Like the time that Jerry Springer came out, like I was, like, like I wasn't smoking anymore. You know, 
Uh, what my friends and I used to do, and I and like we all had that. You all have that like one friend, at least when you're a teenage stoner. You all have that one friend who like their parents are like non-existent, and like you go to their house, and like yeah. everyone goes to their house and hangs out. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And for me, that was my buddy Danny. Shouts out, Danny. Uh, really good dude. And um, we would uh, everyone would go to his house and hang out, and like we people wouldn't even use the front door. He just had this big window in his room and everyone would just climb through the window. Like people would show up, just knock on his window, come through the window, leave through the window. Was uh, he Sabrina, the teenage witch? Like what the fuck was he? He might've been a witch. Was he Clarissa explains it all? That's what I mean. <laughs> see, he might've been a witch. I mean, he was really into Satan. He used to wear, uh, he used to wear a pentagram and an upside down cross hanging from the pentagram. He was really into Satan. Like uh, and death metal. No, no, he's a good. He was a good dude, man. And like you know, like just one of those guys you used to lift weights with, or no, no, he wasn't a weightlifter. Um, no. no, this was back when I was like a teenager and like was doing drugs. Uh, he was a big time stoner. Um, and you say when you're doing marijuana, you say that's doing drugs. Yes. Okay. But we did acid together too. Does that count in your? Book I'm just, f- I'm just fucking with you. Yeah. I just want to know. But no, like all these, like a lot of the other people, they did other stuff too. They did uh, coke and ecstasy, but I just never did. Um, and. Uh, uh and but like yeah like i would go to danny's house and would just be there for days would have like no contact with my parents or anything i would just like it was like one of those things talk about a latchy kid it was one of those things where i'd be like all right um i'm 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 gonna go to danny's she's like okay honey have a good time and i just wouldn't come back for days and then one day i just come stumbling back you know and um, that's like uh the simpsons episode where they like the spring break when they fucking rent the car and shit yeah 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 yeah, they're all like I'm going to the grammar rodeo and there right, and like right. Nelson walks out. He's like, I'm going away and like just yeah. throws the thing. That's that was you. How it was, dude. I was a total, I was a the big time latchkey kid uh, and neglected in some ways, but I don't want to get darker. Oh, Jesus, dude. Why you got to bring this down? I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying to get right? I'm, just, I'm just trying to get into this, into this the story here. Um, but uh, like, yeah, so I would go to Danny's and just hang out for like days, you know, and like barely eat and just like drink Kool-Aid, smoke weed. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and uh, and uh, Danny was was a really good dude. He was one of my closest friends back in the day. Uh, but we would just get stoned and just and just rip bongs. He had this like rainbow colored bong. Um, it was really great. Like, cause I never had a bong of my own. I had like like little pipes and stuff. I couldn't roll a joint for shit. I never learned how to do it. But I had this little little pipes. But I never had a bong, but he had a fucking sweet bong. And I always preferred smoking out of the bong rather than the pipe or the joint. I love smoking from the bong. Um, and we would just... From the bong. Yeah, dude. Bong yeah, smoke. like... Once, once like, you get... I, I, I think... Uh, go ahead. I'll finish, and then I have a good bong story to tell. Yeah. Well, I mean, bongs bongs always have good stories to tell. Bongs uh, But yeah, it, it's from the bong. So we uh, we would hang out and like, you know, people would be in and out and hang out and everything. But then like people would eventually leave or whatever. But Danny and I like I would just crash there and he had like a like a queen size bed. And he and I would just both just sleep in the bed and we'd cut a little bit, make love. Now we didn't do any of that, but we would just sleep in the bed. But um, but like we would like just watch like you were saying, you watched Jerry Springer like he and I would like play fucking Super Nintendo. We would play Mortal Kombat and shit. But then we would just watch like fucking shows and one of the things that we used to watch all the time there was two shows on nick at night was taxi and uh taxi oh with danny devito and shit yeah, yeah that's yeah. a great that's a great show it was a great show and it was a great show to watch while high and we were also really into watching family matters with urkel 
Uh, we oh, would watch Jesus. that all the time. What a fucking I, contrast, dude. dude. What the I hell know, is like, wrong with you two? And it's just like, you know, you got to watch something. It, there was no fucking Netflix back then. There was no TiVo. You didn't got to watch some. Got to nuke something. just whatever was on. And like right around like five, six o'clock, there were reruns of uh, Family Matters. And we would watch that and laugh at Urkel. And I would totally crush on Urkel's girlfriend. Not Laura, the one he was in love with, but the other one. I forget what her character name was, but goddamn, she was just a beautiful girl. Died young of cancer, that actress, by the way. But uh, anyway, I was like totally not much of a looker, but a hell of a cook. (laughs) Total looker, she was beautiful. Uh, But anyway, we used to watch that, and then like Nick at Night would come on, we'd watch Taxi. But he was a Richie Rich like you. He wasn't rich at all, actually. He was like he didn't have the best uh, home environment. But they had uh, HBO, and we would watch. We would watch just crazy movies and like, I don't know, I had insomnia back then. So he would pass out early and I would end up watching movies like Hard Ticket to Hawaii and like all of these like, like, you know, just fucking like weird Hooter movies and movies with like crazy guns and like horror movies. I would watch them like all night long and just be like just smoking bongs all night because I just I just didn't sleep back then. So anyway, that that was my that was some of the glory of my teen years with pot. Uh, all the things I accomplished while being a stoner. Yeah, that's a great. Those are great things, though. I think um, could be I worse. Ch- I cherish them all because <laughs> you know what? I learned a lot when I first started smoking weed. Uh, I learned a lot about time management. <coughs> For real, I'm not even joking. He's dying. Hey, man. Are you all right? Are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. This all is right. cardioid, Mike. I'm. I'm, I'm going to edit this all out to just sound like unicorn farts. <laughs> They weren't <laughs> exactly, but uh, I would okay. So like like, oh, fuck. there was a point. Okay, so we had this fuck this bong. First of all, we had this bong. It's in my house right now. I can you know I'll go get it on a break and bring it in here. Actually, it's called the Green Lantern. We've had it for like twenty. Oh, that's awesome. Years or you something. Still have it, dude. Yeah, yeah I still have it. My 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 two buddies. Uh, I don't know if they want to be named on this, but they're still friends of mine to this day. Uh, we used to live together and had this bong together. And uh, and we still have it. So that was awesome. Uh, I was gonna go somewhere else with this, but I think, but I think that we are gonna take a piss and uh, okay, we can do that. And then we'll be back. All right. Don't forget to like pause it so we don't get cut off because there's like a three-hour limit or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck that was all about. Yeah. Just record right now. I, I, I don't remember where we were, so maybe just throw in the Bill and Ted like guitar sound effect and just go to the next thing. <laughs> don't. We were talking about uh, anyway, <clears throat> like time management. Uh, smoking a lot of weed at this Are period. Are you recording? Of life. Yeah, I am recording. Okay. Okay. Good call. Make sure you told me yeah, to. Remind. I appreciate you. I appreciate that. Smoking a lot of weed at that time uh, because I would sit on the couch and just watch. <clears throat> I would like Urkel. watch Married with Children. And The Simpsons and nothing else. Just like sit there and watch like that. I would do nothing. Like I would, and, but I would be very conscious. Like for this short period of time, I was extremely conscious of like, should be doing something else right now. And then that taught me to like start doing something else while I was high, um, which, you know, none of it was going to class because that wasn't serving me. But, yeah, you know, what, I, what, what good would I, that do? But I did, you know, I, I, I started doing things like practice guitar instead of like just watching television or what I mean, dude, dude, this is the days of TRL too. like we were 
you know, every day tuning in to see if Backstreet Boys would be number one again. You know, we got to see the Corey hotline. Uh, you know, but that's what we would be like, just fucking smoke, like, as you like to say, ripping bongs. That's what we would be doing, ripping bongs and just like watching TRL like every fucking day. It was like a repeat day. Every day was the same fucking day. Yeah. And I, it, it taught me to be like, I was like, oh, okay, I see. I see how this gets away from people, but I should probably use this time to learn like all this shit. And, and, and it just became more comfortable, a more comfortable way for me to like uh, navigate, I guess, uh, which is not the case for everybody. Some people like, you know, they're like, hey, man, they become the guy on the couch or they're like always going to do yeah, something. They become uh, Stephen Wright, <laughs> just sleeping on the couch and just hanging out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's different for everybody. But uh yeah. So, but it did. It did actually teach me because I became very conscious, like conscious of the time that I was. I was like, mm, okay, I should probably do something here. Like that's better than this. Like sometimes I would get all high and be watching, uh, like an episode of Married with Children would come on, and it would, uh, it would be one that was taking place during like the winter time. So like on the on the the show they're wearing jackets and it's snowing and shit. And like, it's, it's probably is like uh, maybe October where I'm at, but it's still fucking hot as fuck. Right. And I just would get high and imagine that it was cold outside. Uh, when yeah. I was watching these sitcoms. That's how, that's how the level of stupidity you're at at that age. Right. When you're just starting yeah, to get yeah. high, you know, you're, yeah. you're like, Oh, you do all these dumb shit like that, which we'll get into. But uh, yeah, that's where I would, well, I would I'd great. go outside and like the heat would crush me and kill me. But it creates that kind of escapism, that kind of alternate reality. Like people forget that marijuana is a hallucinogen. And so it does uh, create this like alternate world for you to escape into, you know? You're all right. Well, I didn't know we were going to be like fucking X-Files PhD here, but yes, I am a doctor, uh, Dr. Frankenfurter. Uh, from Rocky Horror as we don't dream it, be it. That is my prescription. I know. Um, so what? So should we get into uh, acid check-in? Acid check-in. <laughs> acid check-in, everybody. Acid check-in. So far, so good. I got up. I walked around uh, outside to get. To, uh, I went to the kitchen to get something that, uh, and got there, and promptly did not know why I was in the kitchen. Yes. For what I was there for. Not doing uh, a show at all. <laughs> but I did bring back a single beer with me. Um, nice. And uh, feeling pretty good. I was out there. I was like, yeah, I definitely took some acid. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I've, but we're still I've got a drink at the here, but it's... This, dude. We're at the beginning. And I know I could see your eyes. They look like they're telling me a tale of uh, <laughs> lonely sailor eyes now. Like, you I've know, got, I've got a drink, but it's going to be my last one because like, heavy, I'm, I, uh, I'm, uh, I'm feeling it. Be so, responsible, uh, kids. Drink responsibly. Take your painkillers responsibly. Watch that shoulder. And take um, that acid responsibly. Take that acid responsibly. This is very scandalous. This is Gosh, we're the scandals of... Uh, we are. Of- like, between this and the smut episode, we're going to get canceled. No. Hey, you know what? We keep it real. That's what we do. Yep, we do keep it real. But yeah. uh, speaking of keeping it real, yes. do we want to move into uh, maybe some drugs and art? Yes, uh, your your segues make no sense, but yes, absolutely. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, without further ado, 
This brings us to our next topic, which is... One, two, three, four! Drugs and art. And I mean all the different arts. I mean writing and painting and movies and music and handy jays, all the different arts. Across the arts of... uh, Across the sea of arts. Not to be confused with the sea of love, which Tears for Fears taught us all about. Don't sing it. Don't sing it. (laughs) Anyway, um, so... Yeah, what we wanted to do, like, is talk kind of about here where art and drugs intersect, at least for us. I, I'm, I'm going to say that there's there's obviously large swaths that will be, uh, you know, glazed over in kind of broad strokes for uh, for us. I mean, I guess for myself, I'm not going to speak for you, dude, but like just because it wasn't our my experience or like I'm aware of that happening now, but like I was doing this other thing, but it doesn't make it like less like it's in there like as far as like this whole drug fucking art thing we're talking about um but we're just i'm i'm mainly concentrating on the aspects that i'm most familiar with um and the ones that have had the most impact on me uh while trying to you know uh talk about the inf- why we we get to those points i guess no no totally <laughs> like i mean there are there are limitless amounts of 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 books and and bands and music and stuff like that were all have have drugs or or their art was um and i mean we're not going to be able to touch on all of them it would be it would take too long so i mean we're going to talk about the ones that uh influenced us the most because we both are artists we both are writers you're a musician as well um and so we're going to like focus on those yeah yeah but i wanted to i did want to give a little bit of background as far as like you know where drugs and uh like the kind of culture came together and right. were made even like um uh, like a scandalous thing even like Christopher and myself uh, have made of ourselves a scandal scandals um, you know this was you know it starts back in you know the the 50s the jazz you know the jazz movement and musicians have there's a, a that's when all the marijuana they're smoking a lot of weed right there, there's a lot of heroin that is associated with that time um, that's when you're starting to get like the drugs, like you're starting to hear, I guess, about drugs being associated with, uh, the creation of music, at least at that point, like this right, is the fifties. Right. right. So they're like, it's, it's coming out there where they're, they're trying to like, it's coming out publicly, make this kind of parallel. Yeah. Right. At this yeah. point in, in history. Um, and they Robert start, Mitchum, they, they start Mitchum's there. First yeah. actor who gets uh, busted for marijuana. Yeah, no, of course. But that, that's where they start in the fifties with that. And then, you you know, we move from there, but like throughout, uh, you know, th- from there, we move to like the 60s. You know, we have th- this is not just I just don't want this to be like we're talking about acid, man. Like this sure. is about a bunch of different <clears throat> a bunch of different yeah. things and, and the way this affected like, you know, Andy Warhol. You know, he got prescribed these diet pills, these amphetamines, and like it was, you know, a precursor to Adderall, I guess, back then. And that was just like he was, he became hopelessly addicted to these things. Yeah, he did. And they fueled him like throughout all the stuff. And then, <clears throat> you know, you have people like Salvador Dali, who wasn't on anything, but he like created these fucking 
things that you would think incredibly psychedelic type, yeah. you know, taps into that kind absolutely, of absolutely third like eye a very, type of thing. A very big uh, influence on the like whole acid culture because his, his work is so psychedelic. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, the 60s is when LSD starts to come uh, out as being advocated because you get to Timothy Leary stuff is coming right. out there. Um, well, that was Huxley. also when, like that's also when like more bands were really open about the fact that they smoked weed too, not just right, acid, right. but like the drug culture became a sub a subculture more openly. Whereas in like the forties and fifties, people were more like stuck up, and it was like crazy taboo to like to admit that you did any kind of drugs. Whereas the sixty was like boom, like in your face, like we're yeah. had enough of hiding where we are now at the forefront of pop culture. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, yeah, th that's what I'm saying. Okay, so th this this happens in the 60s is when the rise of psychedelic rock kind of is is also happening. Mm -hmm. And that's where they're the cro like the absolute, you know, we definitely see that the cross of drugs and art is, you know, being brought into this kind of zeitgeist for us or, or you know, as far as at least rock and roll and different art things get, you know, steered in that time. Uh, the psychedelic movement has all these like LSD kind of far out things man. behind it. But, you know, because like you look at this, like, you know, because what psychedelic music is, uh, is doing at the core of it is it's attempting to recreate and or reflect the LSD experience. Right. At the or, beginning. Or, or enhance it when you're listening to the music and you're tripping on acid. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. But this is like back then, uh, during this time, when, uh, you know, we had bands like uh, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Uh, yep. Yep. We've got. Uh, what was the other one I wrote down? Well, even like the more uh, conventional stuff that people. Uh, uh, associate with drugs like oh, man, Pink Floyd. stuff like that. Pink Floyd, yeah, exactly. Yeah, of course. Uh, of course, those those staples are there. Absolutely. Um, you know, and and but that's where we get into the conversation of like how much of that is made for uh, the specific purpose of like we want people to take acid and come listen to this or. Uh, hey man, we should take acid if we want to get the full experience. I don't know. It. I you know, it's like a give and take. I think it's <clears> more <throat> of a relatability. I think these artists took acid and and smoked weed and other drugs, and it inspired them to make these albums like Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon and things like that. Uh, and then they released them not as a I don't think necessarily as as like a way to be like you should take acid, but people were already taking acid people were already smoking weed and like it was kind of like a hey this is this is our interpretation of it this is where our minds went when we were on it come take this journey with us and i think that's what those albums and uh and everything were like really more geared for personally that's my interpretation of it well yeah but <clears throat> yeah you're 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 not wrong you're right um and I was going to say, like, Pink Floyd is a lot of that. I want to say, at least for my generation and maybe our generation, like that kind of uh, start. I want to say, like, starter thing, band, stoner, yeah. fucking psychedelic stoner experience. Yeah, yeah it, you know, when you get the, you know, when you're 
when your fucking you know older brother goes off to that you know stone cloud right. in the sky, well, like your uncle, you like... or even like your uncle or something, because like this this stuff was old by the time we got into all of that. Like this Pink Floyd stuff is from like the seventies. Yeah, like they they leave you their jack, their fucking vest, their jean vest, and a half a pack exactly. of fucking luckies. Yeah, and you know, and it's, you know, and a fucking eight track of. They uh, leave you. you know. They leave you like their yeah their um their vinyl record of the wall yeah. and their old leather pants that they don't fit into anymore. I mean, and there you go. And, there you and go they wrote there. "I Love Wanda" on the inside of like the cover of the record over Dude, and over. This is, but... this is a true story. My my uncle Richie. Who, uh, Richie, my uncle Richie, dude, who was total, total stoner, like he got stoned with me and stuff when I was 16. Uh, he gave me his leather pants that he grew out of fucking leather pants. I had leather have pants them? when I was 16, dude. Do you have them now? No, no, I got through them too, but no, uh, uh, but I had leather pants when I was 16 because of him, and I would wear those leather pants, and I'll never forget, like, one summer. You know, I had this long, luxurious, like, wavy, curly Jim Morrison hair. And I was walking down the boardwalk in Daytona Beach. No shirt, no shoes, just leather pants. Smoking a joint, like, totally publicly. Just being sexy as fuck. And just, like, met a whole bunch of chicks and everything. It was just a great time, man. It was just, like, one of those great summers, you know? All because of the pants. Is this a dream <laughs> you had? What are you no, talking this about? Is this is like Caban... This, this is your penthouse. <laughs> I have these leather pants this summer. You'll never they were these magic it. leather pants, dude. Like I wore this the, kind I wore... of thing never happens to me. But <laughs> I had these magic pants. What's so hard to believe about magic pants? Sister Those pants got me laid, dude. All right, fair enough, dude. Fair enough. Well, I mean, I mean, what have they done for me lately, though? I'll say that much. What have my leather pants from when I was sixteen have done for you lately? Not a whole lot true where are they now i know that's what i'm saying dude where are they now but I have no idea okay so we get to get kind of back on track where we're talking about we're, you we're like talk about pants all night <laughs> i do i, I want to talk about pants and pink floyd but like that's that's one of the things okay so i okay so that's one of the kind of cliche things is a, a pink floyd thing and i want to like sure. visit on that where people are like let's take acid and go to the pink floyd laser show at the planetarium you know which is totally still a bands, thing there are certain bands that are always tied into drugs and a lot of them are 60s 70s bands like pink floyd the doors hendrix etc sure yeah, but so pink that's, floyd especially yeah. yeah pink floyd especially and that's like the thing to do which i think um you know, that's like a, I mean, I guess you got to do that once, but I mean, if I can tell you it's lame, I mean, you'd rather I'd just go do something else. Just go around and talk to people. I never, never did the, the planetarium with Pink Floyd on acid. Um, my whole thing with acid, and I did mention this before in the show, yeah. many episodes back, is that I would watch horror movies while tripping on acid. That was my big thing. You know, I love to get fucked up and trip out watching just crazy horror movies you know and uh like in the mouth of madness was one that i really really enjoyed on acid well i don't think i mean i think that was a uh, something that was also done i mean people were doing that you know taking acid oh, and yeah. or like it was uh i'm not saying was, i invented it i'm just saying that was my thing did. i was like putting your stamp on it i was trying to get behind us because i'm a, a patent pending yeah Triana Corp. Uh, but, but I did it regularly. A lot of people avoided that kind of thing. No, I, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm trying yeah. 
no, most like, people <laughs> most people do. Most people want to have a good quote unquote good trip, and so they'll like watch The Wizard of Oz and sync it up with Dark Side of the Moon. That's where it's like That's myself and uh, my buddy Creston shouts out like we would watch. Out, we would watch horror movies. We would go to the movie theater to see horror movies, tripping on acid. We would go to see like Event Horizon and movies like that while tripping on acid. Yeah. Uh, and that was our thing. You guys were like, also, you guys are badass dudes. Like, I was a giant pussy at the time and still am. You guys were eating a pound of protein per day of body he fat. Was, like, he definitely was not. He was never, he, he was very, I think he was like kind of heartbroken when I uh, stopped drinking and doing drugs and got into the bodybuilding because he did not. And he continued to pursue a career in taking ridiculous amounts of drugs, way more than you. Uh, and uh, don't I know, Preston? Uh, maybe from the interwebs. I don't know. Oh, all right. I thought, oh, maybe I, I, you know, I don't know. I meet people. You didn't meet, you didn't meet him. No. I didn't meet him. Wow. Well, shouts out, Crested. Rest in power. Yes. <laughs> Rest in power. So, yeah, um, um, drugs and the arts. So certainly drugs influence the arts in many ways, not just in the 60s, but before and even after. There were many bands and many uh, writers and many films that we could bring up, the list goes on and on, but I think what we were going to try to do is focus on the ones that had the biggest influence on us um, as artists ourselves, because right. we're both writers, you're a musician as well, uh, and uh, and so on. So <laughs> do you want to talk about some of the, like, the drug-influenced uh, artists that uh, inspired you? I mean... That's a that's that's a weird. I mean, I guess like uh, if I'm gonna look at it like that, not necessarily that I don't want it to sound like drugs were motivating my, uh, you know, pursuant of these bands or being into no, no, their but, bands. It's just like yeah, how yeah. it lends itself to. But those particular bands were very much into drugs and that kind of. You know, when you're doing drugs, it's definitely gonna have an an influence on what you create no, as a creator. Yeah, and as a child, uh, as a young child, when like uh, when I was a child, when like just bands would you know be uh, you know talking about smoking weed, we'd be like, yeah, fucking hell yeah, or smoking weed. But uh, now it's god damn it, where were we? Uh, this oh, man, acid he's, is fucking he's no, I'm I'm right here, I'm right here. Um, he's tripping, folks. He's out there. He's in outer space. No, I'm fine, dude. I'm fine. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that uh, bands and writers and stuff that that were influenced by drugs that you were really into. Oh yeah. Oh Bowie. About. I was gonna. Yeah. Uh, David Bowie. Why do right. I take fucking notes? See, this is another time. Primed. I'm trying to look at notes instead of being in the fucking flow of the conversation because I think that I'm gonna look at my notes and be like, oh look how smart I am. I wrote talking points down when I can just actually talk. We know that's how I work better. What if am I we're... fucking writing this shit down for anyway? I don't know if... why you think that that was a good idea or shaming me You're into doing at me this. Like I told you to do it. <laughs> look at all these fucking notes I took. I think it's I'm looking back. I'm trying to make fucking references. I got a bibliography back here. He's, he's, he's having a bad trip, folks. Calm down. Gentlemen. No, actually, there's no such thing as a, having a bad trip. Well, I yes, guess that's is. all in your head. There's totally such a thing. Yes. Maybe. I've talked many people, many friends that were tripping who like really thought they were never going to come back to sanity, that they were going to be tripping forever. Uh, like people that went on bad trips. They're totally a thing. Yeah. 
Okay. Anyway, uh, so so David Bowie. You were going to talk about David Bowie. Oh, I liked uh, like when we're when we talk about people who like were druggy, like drug influenced, uh, like pop culture influences on artists and like the artists that also influenced us. David Bowie is huge, you right. know, you, because pretty even, freaky like, man. From, where it's it's very freaky, man. Where we are, you know, back from like a generation from that. We had like Marilyn Manson was the our our like David Bowie I guess or mine. Oh, whoa, whoa! I like that's that's giving him way too much credit. He was not our David Bowie. I'm sorry, but no, he was a David. He was that he he took like all like his whole thing from that pretty much. Well, yeah, he was a watered down David Bowie. I don't think he was our generation's David Bowie. I think David Bowie was several generations. What I mean is that like people would it it allowed uh, younger people to discover who David Bowie was because they like this. I disagree. I don't think Marilyn Manson inspired people to check out David Bowie. I, I totally disagree with you on that. That's 100%. All right. Well, that's fine. That's fine. We talked about it all the time. And, but, but you know what? I'm, I've never been a huge Bowie fan, but I respect Bowie and all the things he's done. I don't listen to him that much. I never did. But Man, well, I, I fucking love Bowie. You're over here. You don't even probably listen to Marilyn Manson either. Well, no, I really don't listen to Marilyn Manson, but no, I I respect Bowie and and a lot, but just like I never got that into him. But my point is, is that I don't see a big connection between the but between him and Marilyn Manson. Personally, I don't see the connection, but you did. You do talk about how much you love David Bowie. Well, David Bowie is just an excellent storyteller, and he created. I mean, from a from an artistic standpoint of we are storytellers, I mean, he just created characters and and worlds uh, sure. within records and just destroyed them. Like he had personas, every, like he would build it and then it'd be gone. Like the like station to station. I wanted to talk about that record. That's one of my favorites. Right. Uh, where like that was when like the thin white duke became his persona for that that time. Sure. Like, the return of and. Uh, you know, he has been, you know, quoted many times as saying he doesn't remember a, any really of making right. that whole record yeah, because sure. he was just doing cocaine and drinking milk and eating peppers uh, the <laughs> entire time. Eating peppers? Yeah, he was eating really? like bell really? peppers. Yeah. And wow. doing like massive amounts of cocaine. And uh, well, milk and peppers will make you crazy even without the cocaine. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like but... a strict diet of milk and peppers. I'm telling you, dude. <laughs> That's pretty funny. But no, I respect Bowie. Now there are there's Bowie stuff that I really like, but I've just never been a I, I don't consider myself a Bowie fan because Bowie fans are intense and are really into them. Like I don't. Um, I mean, any fan you could make that argument for anybody. You could say no, absolutely, absolutely. But no, but I spit on your grave. Fans are intense, man. I mean, that no, fucking no, 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 shirt. It's, it's like know. Bowie fans. Like Bowie fans are like really, really into Bowie. Like <laughs> like the hardcore Bowie fans. But I mean, you can be a passive. Bowie fan, and you could be a mild Bowie fan. I consider myself a mild Bowie fan. It's kind of like with Prince, where I'm not a big fan. I don't listen to either of them that much, but I really respect them, and I and I appreciate what they did for music and how talented they are. Um, I have a lot of respect for them, but I just don't personally get into their music all that much. You know? I Yeah, no, absolutely. So we're like, you know, David Bowie was this whole he je- he did a lot of gender bending at, at the time when he you know was at his mm-hmm. peak 
it was very androgynous. There mm-hmm. was a lot of uh, psych, you know, that was psychedelic, but it was also like a lot of sci-fi kind of vibe to this whole sure. thing that he created. Yeah. So where, like, I would say, like, Marilyn Manson draws this parallel to that is that he starts from this one place where it's dark and scary, but even then he, like, this one album, dude, the that I think is uh, the um, one of my favorite records is the one that he did uh, in the late 90s, the, um, the Dope Show record, uh, Mechanical Animals. Do you remember that record? Are you talking record? about Manson or Bowie? Marilyn Manson. Okay. That was like his most Bowie probably, but like he also flaunted. He was like, yeah, we like this album is about all of the cocaine that we did for two years in the studio with Nine Inch Nails when we were making these these songs. And mm-hmm. that's what they're about now. And now all of the visuals about this album all have to do with that. The tour has to do with that. And then therefore it like perpetuates itself like that behavior because they were representing it on tour. They just like you know, it, their whole lives became this, like... Well, were they... Uh, so so I guess, like, that was their, like, drug era? At the um, time, I guess, yeah. Yeah, like, that's kind of like their Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. Like, that was their, like, album that was really exploring drugs. Yeah, in, in that it was very overt. I mean, it had, sh- like, songs like The Dope Show. Yeah. And I don't like well, the I drugs. Mean, I'm asking. Like, I, don't, I don't know. I'm not really... No, I'm, I, I, no, I'm, I'm yeah. just saying. I'm just... Be, you know, I'm not arguing. I'm not being argumentative, I'm dude. T- you're not taking I'm not turn. buying it a beer. <laughs> All right? It's not taking your turn. Fucking got papers, man, you know? All right, so... so Can't. Okay, fucking hair falls out, man. Moving <laughs> on. Can we talk about other... Uh, other- bands and artists and stuff yeah, i was gonna say what give me an example from your i mean do you want me to keep going or do you no, have I can give you an example I can give you bring example. one up fucking hey dude like um when i was a, a teenager um i uh, i went to i was 15 or 16 and i went to new york uh because that's where i was born and my grandmother still lived there at the time i went to new york to visit my grandmother and we took a bunch of acid i'm kidding we didn't um what really happened is I went to visit her, and uh, while I was in New York, I uh, my Uncle Richie, the leather pants man, like he and I would, uh, like he was a handyman, and we would go and like I would help him do jobs, and he'd give me a little money, and we'd smoke weed, and the money that I made with him, I went to this record shop, and I bought music, and uh, one day, I don't remember who I went with, but I went into New York City, and I went to the Tower Records in New York City in, like, 1993, and, like, you know, record stores were still a big deal, and the Tower Records in New York City had everything, dude, it was, like, blew my mind, you know? Yeah. And, I, you know, I'm a teenager, I'm a huge, like, you know, music collector, and uh, I bought a bunch of stuff, I was really into death metal at the time, but I also bought some, like, Dio and Dio Sabbath stuff. And I was talking to this guy who worked at the place, and I was like, I'm, you know, I'm really into this kind of like Dio Sabbath and things like that, and I'm really into like stoner metal. And he was like, Oh, you need to check out Monster Magnet. Oh fuck yeah, dude, Dave. Yeah, and I was like, Okay. And uh, this is bef- this is long before they had their big hit with Space Lord and everyone like. I know. Or uh, this is long before that. This like the only albums they had out at the time were Spine of God and Super Judge. And uh, I bought Spine of God because the guy was telling me I should check it out. And, man, it was just, it was, like, blew my mind, dude. It was, like, the most, like, crazy, psychedelic stoner rock I'd ever heard. 
I fell in love with them immediately. And to this day, Spine of God and Super Judge, even though I'm not a stoner anymore, I, like those two albums are fantastic. And their sound really changed after that. And I don't like a lot of people trying to bash them and be like, oh, they sold out and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, whatever, dude. They, they wanted to be able to make money and live off of that being rock stars. And so they did what they had to do. That's fine. Like, I don't I don't judge them for that at all. I don't super judge them for that at all. <laughs> I, I, uh, <clears throat> I, I, I love Monster Magnet. Um, I got to uh, meet Dave Windorf, who is the singer, nice, lead man uh, on several occasions. And he was always very, very cool um, in those like the early fucking like I, t- I think I told you. You know, when that whole power trip was the record, that was when we first got to know who they were really in the MTV time. Like, you know, if you didn't, if you weren't popular. plugged into it, you That's know, but that, popular, but, they had a radio hit. Yeah. but that, that song like, uh, is badass space Lord. Uh, I love it. I love that record. It doesn't, you can't say it's not good. It's, it, it, it is good. And then it's like, it's not all, the same though. It's not the same, but it's, it's, uh, it's rock and roll. It definitely it is, straight it up like, like rock and roll. And think about it in a time like they came out like that record came out at time in the late 90s when it was all it was corn, Limp Bizkit. Like right. they 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 were a rock and roll record that that charted, dude. It was straight up rock and roll. I no, mean, at the was, time, give was, me a break. That was I mean, their hit single. That was their like big moment in the sun. But I was with them. I know, I know. You were with them way before, dude. That's fine. And I'm with them cool. after too, dude, as well. But, I, but, but I'm not just trying to say that. I'm just saying, like, their first... And, and even Dopes to Infinity, their third album. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they also had an EP called uh, 45 Tab. And the first song on that is, like, an hour long. And it's just, like, this crazy, psychedelic, trippy song. Um, and, uh, like, so their stuff, like, before Power Trip was very different than the stuff no, of course, power yeah. trip it's, and beyond it's that dick like psychedelic rock it was cr- crazy good psychedelic rock it's and it was very good. unconventional whereas with like space lord they really um they really contemporized and they really well, tried. The called power trip but let me also I know, I know that i know but they like they really made an effort to go commercial with that album so it was a sellout record and it's not a bad record, and I don't. And again, I don't blame them for selling out and trying to make money to live off of on their rock. Uh, but it's not the same as early records. That's fine, and you're entitled to that. That's totally, and that's absolutely correct. There's no, there's no problem. But tying into our our topic of drugs, uh, uh, Dave Windorf, our 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 friend, our our co-friend, the singer, Monster Magnet. At the time, and, like to Infinity had come out, like these guys are as awesome as you think they are at the time nobody else thinks they're awesome like no they, they didn't they're, they're, they're like yeah. they're like they're they're not like hitting he's like no, I, he that, that's band. Yeah, but like, let me tell you this did you know he wrote this whole record locked himself in a hotel room in las vegas on the strip for 30 days and just like did drugs and wrote this fucking record right and, and then they all had to record it standing up no one could sit down when they recorded any of their tracks and it had that energy and it was cool, man. At the time, it really, and they, they also made fun of themselves in that, like, you know, what they had the rap, like the rap video directors of the time directing the videos and making them kind of like parodies of, uh, like, uh, the bad boy stuff and the Puff Daddy videos at the time. Like when Power Trip came out, like, uh, it's that Space Lord song. Of course, that fucking video makes, it's a complete parody of that whole time, that whole era almost. Right, right. And uh, <clears throat> I'm not trying to take anything away from them 
I'm not. I think that what's happening right here, dude, is that we're both trying to argue about how awesome Monster Magnet is, and we both just need to be like, yeah, they're awesome, dude. They are. They're no, they're awesome. Um, But but their their early albums are the ones that really mean the most to me, and I think are the best. And then uh, Power Trip to me was kind of where I stopped. Right, and and that's where I would tell you to go back because they they get back to those kind of like psychedelic stuff. Well, the other thing though is that I. But the other thing was, as I stopped smoking weed and doing drugs, so it was. So what does that mean? You can't listen to that kind no, of. No, no, that's what I'm gonna say. Like you can still listen to that, and enjoy it without being on drugs. But that, I mean, their music is very much attuned with the stoner, acid head lifestyle, and it just didn't appeal to me the same way that it did uh, once I got older and got away from that lifestyle. Yeah. But I still have enormous appreciation for the first two albums. Super Judge, Spine of God, I think they're rock classics. I think they're great. Uh, Dope Stew Infinity has some good stuff. And, you know, Power Trip isn't necessarily bad, but that was kind of like, well, that was them, like I said, selling out. And that's okay. They were it just, is okay, and it makes me mad that you're fine. even like, you know what, I'm going to walk away, though, at that point, because you know that they had to just do that. Like, that was their chance to get that. That was their thing. chance, and then they had that's their one hit wonder with Space Lord. And, and they were fine. fucking hot, and he was high as fuck. They wrote those things like I'm Coke. I'm sure he's still high as fuck, dude. dude. I'm sure and he's still high as fuck. But like the, that's like the, the dream, music, dude. I want to lock myself in a changed. hotel in Las Vegas with you and do a bunch of cocaine and hookers and write the great American novel. <laughs> But the, but like the music totally changed. It's not this like you listen to those early albums and it's a very different monster magnet. But and the, also, and the music that I loved was different from what they did then and what they did after that. But would you disagree? Different. Like this is also like an emotional. Like this is a response to what's going on at the time. Like he he cannot break through with this music that they've been doing. That no, and I don't fault know, him for changing. And I think that it's just I like a reaction. Know. It's not necessarily even like a this is what we are now. It's just kind of like a no. I don't fault you know. him at all. Like he wanted to be able to make money, and he wanted. You know what? To- Bring him out here, Dave. Come on, Dave. Let's come go. on out here. Come dude. on out here, no, dude. All love to Dave, man. Like like no, like uh, he's a very talented guy. The band is really great. Uh, but like they they changed with Power Trip, they changed, and I just wasn't into it. And like that was kind of it for me. You're allowed to not be into it. Um, but, but like, let's move on from Monster Magnet. Let's talk about other uh, stuff. Like, I, I think we should get away from bands at this point, unless you have someone else you want to talk about. I, I think we should like talk about writers and and films and things like that. You know, because like we tend to go along with these shows, so I think we should kind of move it along. Do you have other right. bands you want to talk about? Okay, Mr. Three and a Half Hours of uh, Smut. Let's go oh, ahead and titties. make it to two yes. episodes. Uh, Three shut episodes. the fuck up and let me talk about music for as long as I want while I'm on two hits of window pane. Go, go for it, dude. Uh, let's move it along here. Let's, are you sweeping me off? Are you the move Sandman? Move along, is this sir. Jam now? You're fucking sweeping me off the stage? Is that what this is? Move along, sir. Nothing to see here. No, um... No, I'm. I'm you want to talk about how fucking amazing Soundgarden is, or something? I'm not Bob going zombie. To, I'm not going to say uh, anything like that at all. Uh, how, cool, how cool, like Bush is, and bands like that. No, but if you you know you didn't start bringing up these shitty ass bands, I would be. Like, <laughs> I was gonna say, you piece of shit. 
<laughs> now all I can think about is like the Goo Goo Dolls and fucking something oh, else, like sitting on a fucking bench with some yeah, asshole yeah. in high school on a fucking at the Thea Woods Pavilion on that fucking stupid ass hill that you have to sit on and like hold hands and get high, and then you throw someone down the hill, and you're like, oh look at me, and you know. I don't know. I don't think anyone knows what the hell you're talking about at this point. But I don't think anyone knows what the hell you're talking about. Just tell us your next band, the Cranberries or whoever you wanted to talk about. I just want to talk about stonery like stuff also because uh, bands like Sleep I discovered. um, Mm. I was uh, in San Francisco. And well, I they were to... way later, though, weren't they? They were like the two thousands, or well, maybe not way later, but later, mid nineties. Like they, they did, like, really? yeah, late nineties, I think. Because, well, the guy, uh, fuck. Anyway, I'm not. I'm shooting from the hip. You know, I I found the their band like a uh, dope smoker on. Uh, I was at Rasputin Records in like San Francisco. It was like some record store, and I was like, oh fuck, this is awesome. So I'm gonna buy this, and it's like one of their. It turns out to be one of their kind of like pivotal fucking stoner you know doom odysseys and i was like oh man this is <clears throat> this is a whole genre of music so i i mean i probably got into this like 15 ish years ago now like from where we are in real time so i don't know when like it 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 was, it was i mean it obviously came into you know it was around for a while but I became more aware. I mean, I knew Monster Magnet before that, but like things like Sleep, and I went back, and then I, like I got into super like into the Southern Lord label, um, which puts out Sun and like uh, Wolves in the Throne Room, and they put out some Ohm records and Boris. Do you listen to any of these like Stoner Doom? A little bit. I mean, I like I, I like Boris, um, but I like that kind of like Doom stuff, like Boris and Suno and stuff like that. Um, Sleep I like a little bit, but uh, I don't know. Uh, Earth is another one. I think they're called Earth. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that Earth was pre-sleep. Yeah, I don't... uh, I don't know. It's not not a a genre I listen to often, but sometimes I'll put it on when I'm writing, that kind of thing. Yeah, I like it. I like to listen to it when I'm writing a lot, for sure. Like Sun, if you don't know what it is, like... It's just tones. We talked about that before. It's like deep, weird tones. You have to kind of. Right. Uh, it's an experience, but I have their. I have so much of their shit on vinyl that I also feel like that's like they should have a sticker on the front that's like, twenty five percent more of this album is unlocked if you're on LSD or right. sure. Yeah, you know, before you listen to it, like absolutely. Yeah. Those records you put them on and you're like, like you just like, go to a different place if you're yeah. on. If you're on something, it's a it's a select it's a it's a acquired taste to listen to that. Like a lot of people cannot get into it at all. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I I was I, I uh back in my other when I lived at the house I lived in before this one with my my ex wife. Uh, I was uh, I was after it was at some party we were having at our house, but we had this mother in law house in the backyard like that I had where my studio and shit was. And I remember I was like tripping my balls off at whatever this party was. And I was in there getting high with one of my friends who are main nameless uh, at this point. But he passes out while we're smoking. And uh, and so like everyone else just leaves and like I'm there with him. So I turned all the lights off and put the, the black lights on. And I just kept smoking bong hits. And I put a sun record on that I had just blaring fucking loud. <laughs> It's just me. Like, he is past the 
fuck. It's so loud, dude. Mm-hmm. You sit, you just pass the fuck out. And if you're not, I mean, you got to look at what sun is. If you're not familiar, it's just deep tones and just like, it's, it's very, like a lot of like guitar feedback. It, it's jarring. Stuff. If you're not, yeah, like, yeah, it's, you know. it's not for everyone. It's not for everyone. Absolutely. It's and I'm just close. there just like, just loving it. And like all of a sudden the door just like bursts open and it's my ex-wife. She's like, what the hell are you doing in here? She's like, lights on. And it's like, I'm like, oh. And, and, that, like, was, and that was the end of that marriage. <laughs> Is he passed out? Get it. Come on. What are you guys doing in here by yourselves? And like, it was like we had to get, uh, yeah. So that was the beginning of the end. No, yeah, it was, yeah. but uh, yeah, that was a fun time. But that, another time I was like on, drugs listen to that band uh and other people wouldn't understand it because uh i don't know but th- that's a whole it, it is a whole genre like i like to listen to electric wizard uh i know you don't like them i think you said you didn't like them i don't know them at all I don't oh know. never mind that was somebody else uh like uh i like bands like them and uh paul bearer and um like I said, son, like those ones before. Like it doesn't Iron, matter. Iron Butterfly. Iron. <laughs> so let's let's in let's the move. Garden of Eden. <laughs> no, but like uh, so um, so now do you want to talk about movies and books and things and the other stoner stuff that's out there, or you want to? We, we eh? that's fine. Yes, let's, eh? move along. let's move along to uh, it's like we have we have a lot of stuff to discuss here. Yeah, okay. yeah. <clears throat> um, so there are, are there are many authors uh, who had the effects of uh, drugs and alcohol uh, that were that played a big part in their work. Uh, and same thing with uh, filmmakers. Uh, I think I think the first movie that a lot of us, not just myself. Um, I think a lot of us like that was like part of the drug culture, um, uh, like was the pioneer film. I think was Easy Rider um, with Dennis Hopper and Peter Fonda. Okay, Grandpa. First of all, like that's. I know that's going that's way. That's not back. the first fucking one you identify. No, with. I know that's going way back. I'm not saying it's the first <laughs> one. I mean, we had like movies where like they're like you know that were in, influenced by people smoking weed or whatever. But this was the one that really was groundbreaking when it came to like embracing the drug culture. Oh, okay. You know? That's the way you're putting it. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's that, like what, like what movie before that movie, unless it was one of those like reefer badness, like don't take drugs things. Like, no, I, I thought like, that you were you know? saying like that this was like a, a defining moment in just your particular life was like, Yes, and then these. No, I'm not no, that old. Like... <laughs> Jesus, that movie came out like yeah, like, so I'm saying like eight thousand years ago. No, come no. on, dude. That's what I'm I was talking about. Just about. like in history, I'm talking about in history, the history of film. Uh, I think that movie. The film. I think that was the one that really broke through. Before that, like any movies that had to do with drugs were like warnings and were these ridiculous reefer madness type of things where like if you smoke weed you're gonna see the devil and jump out the window yeah it was uh, just propaganda yeah but... yeah where easy rider was really like embracing the drug culture i mean they have that whole scene where they're like tripping in the graveyard and everything and it's like to this day that's one of like the best representations of what it's like to be on acid that i've ever seen in a movie and that's another thing i do want to talk about is when movies try to step into what like an acid trip is right. 
Uh, yeah. And they usually fail. They usually are just ridiculous when they yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I was going to say it's patronizing it uh, is. most of the time, I think. They but, like, think. Like they turn it into like the world is a cartoon and people can't tell the difference between uh, reality and, and non-reality, which is never the case. Like, like, like I've I've tripped on a lot of acid and mushrooms, and I've never seen a giant bunny that I thought was real. You yeah. know, like oh, it's never. not like that. It doesn't work like that. Exactly. I yeah. wish it did. That'd be fucking. That'd awesome. be pretty amazing and dangerous, but amazing. Uh, but no, it doesn't work that way. But like, that's what movies want you to believe for some reason. Yeah. But uh, but Easy Rider did it really well. It, and in fact, speaking of Dennis Hopper and um and uh, Fonda. Rest in power, definitely. I love, I love Dennis Hopper. I miss him, um, but also Peter Fonda. Uh, did you ever see a movie that they made with this movie in the seventies called The Trip? Did you ever see that? Trip, no. The Trip. It's not a good movie necessarily, but the whole movie is just like that's the whole plot. It's like this guy takes acid, and like, like he takes it for the first time. All it's like, right. That's the plot. Like this guy takes acid for the first time, and that's really it, dude. He like just takes acid, and he's just like tripping. He's just wandering from party to party, and like walking around the street, and it's just like it just like blows his mind, dude. It's a mind altering experience, and it's just one big like celebration of this guy taking acid. That's the whole fucking movie. And it's Peter Fonda, you know, of course, and uh, Dennis Hopper. I think uh, uh, directed the film. He was involved in the film one way or another. Uh, the trip, yeah. yeah like is, you, you should see it. I will see it. Is that is that kind of similar to how we were talking about writers like uh, Kerouac or Burroughs? Like they wrote about doing all these drugs and having these crazy kind of adventures, and then you know these movies kind of personified that or took off. Like, right. Uh, I think know, I think like that. a lot of the books and Reflected the writers that. But this was like this was the first time it was actually also normalized, kind of trying to right. normalize these kind of drug use or even just uh, talking about them. Yeah. Talking about, I mean, yeah. Bringing just up talking about them. Like, like it was like so taboo that like you couldn't write about it. You couldn't sing about it. Nothing in the fifties and the sixties. It was like, boom, it was allowed to be, uh, well, not allowed, but like they pushed the boundaries and, and like pushed it out there. Yeah. Um, and then you had movies like easy rider and the trip, like late sixties, early seventies, you had bands in the sixties, like Jimi Hendrix, who was clearly singing about drugs. Uh, but when it comes to the writers, which I definitely want to talk about, like you said, you mentioned Kerouac, uh, and that led into a lot of the other writers, Ken Keasley and, and people like that, who talked specifically about, uh, doing drugs. And there was this more, uh, freedom, uh, when it came to actually talking about experiences with drugs. And how it affected people, uh, whereas before you couldn't have that. It was just too taboo, you know, to even bring it up and talk about. Yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was the beginning of normalizing it was through these these right. people, these right. kind of art, this art, these or at stories. Accepting it that it was a real thing, uh, but of yeah. course the youth embraced it. Whereas the adults were kind of like, "What the fuck? This is terrible!" But the youth really embraced it. Uh, in, in all forms of art and uh, and this also goes into all forms of uh, entertainment and media not just all this stuff but uh, you know it, it took a long time for it to hit TV because that was more mainstream but it was a lot in comic books uh, we, we mentioned Robert Crumb before on the show uh, but like you know Zap Comics and things like that were very much 
an influence on the drag culture. Oh, yeah. side side note. Speaking of like comic book side movies, boob, like you know, going off on a Triana uh, is what I'm doing. No, this is uh, a Tangy. You're going off on a Tangy. I, I know, but I'm Triana, so. Uh, uh, I am aware. To, yeah, okay, good. I just want to make sure everyone knows. Um, speaking of like you know comics and magazine stuff, I always thought, even as I was a teenager, I always thought it was crazy that High Times Magazine was allowed to exist. Like, you know, like I was like, because like you were talking about in the 90s, it was like, oh shit, you get caught with weed, you're going to go to fucking prison. You know, like it was like really bad. Uh, But here was this magazine that was all about like weed and how awesome weed is. And just like, I'm like, how could you have this magazine uh, on on the rack at like any Circle K? Meanwhile, it's like just celebrating an illegal substance. I always thought yeah. it was incredible that that was allowed, you know? I imagine them taking those pictures like in international waters and then, you know, having to right. come back. Like, quick, get them to the press. Let's go. We got to get that but, issue like, out. It's even legal for them to publish it. When... I don't know. I don't know. And I, I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad that it was. It should be allowed to be published. But like, you're like, the whole magazine was dedicated to something illegal. So it's like, how did they even get away with that? I don't know. But. I, I like that was just that's a little side note. I was going off on a tangent there uh, to pull us back. Pull us we right were, on back, dude. To, to pull us back. We were talking about writers and things like that uh, who were influenced by drugs. So, of course, we got to bring up people like Hunter S. Thompson, Charles Bukowski, Ken Keasley, Jack Kerouac and the rest and the rest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, which ones had had the biggest impact on you um probably none of them to be honest with you yeah you never got into any of them i tried like even though i tried like uh at one point i had this professor like uh who was a teacher's aide or whatever that taught one of our classes in college and he was like a cool ass dude that like got high like I ran into him outside getting high one day and I was like, Hey man, I like to get high too. Like, and he's like, Hey, I'm your teacher. And I was like, that's right. cool, man. So then we became <laughs> friends after that. And far uh, out, man, far out, man. Uh, but, um, where was I going with that? I don't know. Uh, you're talking about like different writer, like Bukowski and, and Hunter S. Thompson. How oh, he brought up like I got to know this guy and like we started smoking, hanging out, and he was like, "Oh man, you should list like read." He would try to he suggested like on the road and like these things. He's like, "You would really like this." And then I I read it and I was like, "Ah, I mean, it's all right." Just wasn't resonating with me at the time. And then like uh, the I mean, I like Hunter S. Thompson's stuff like in its uh, you know in the seg like the sections that I like to pull out and, and read. But uh, you know, whatever, I can take it or leave it. You know, it's not defining me. Um, but I do, you know, it's fun. His stuff is fun. Um, but some of it's chaotic and like there's just like a, a lot of essays. There's just a lot of crazy shit that he wrote that's like I mean, there's a lot to sift through uh when you have somebody that's like that that's also on drugs and shit. Like I, I imagine like uh, when I die in like a couple of months and you have to uh, <laughs> come and pull me out of this, uh, just like there'll be all these notes that you'll right. be able to pull about me and be like, oh, this is the one is in this phase of his psychosis. Uh, there was all these like, you know, 8000 pages and you can put right. those out. <clears throat> well, I um, 
I when I was probably about nineteen or so, I got into the psychedelic writers. I guess you might call them Hunter S. Thompson, William S. Burroughs, uh, uh, Charles Bukowski, um, and although I respect all of them. Uh, I think Bukowski is the one that really stuck with me the most. I mean, I loved Hunter S. Thompson. Like, Burroughs I liked, but more as, like, an oddity. I never got super into Burroughs. I just, like, liked him because of how weird he was. Uh, but, like, Hunter S. Thompson, like, I really appreciated more as, like, a crazy uh, uh, a part of history. Like, he was such a wild man and, like, you know, just, like, gonzo journalism. And I really respect that. Uh, but he wrote a couple of books that I really like. Of course, I love uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. His his magnum opus. Uh, but Bukowski is the one who, to this day, I have a, a certain um, fondness for. Uh, because he was not just, like, the drug culture. He was, like, the scumbag culture. Like, he was just, like, the total, like, bar fly. Never had a job. Just, like, oh, just wanted to, like, fuck and get drunk. You know, and I and I really love that about a lot of his work but the problem is is that like a lot of his later work he had become famous for that and he just kind of talks about like yeah now all these girls want to bang me and stuff and it's just like you know it just doesn't work as well as a lot of his earlier work Mm. you know uh because he's just basically celebrating the fact that he got famous uh but his early work just talking about like the dregs of society and just being a piece of shit and like you know, just like getting high and banging ugly women and stuff. Like, I love that about Bukowski's stuff. In fact, if I may self plug, I've got a book coming out, comes out on Halloween, October 31st, 2020, called They All Died Screaming. It's a horror novel, but uh, I also wanted to touch into that kind of culture, that kind of like dregs of society, the people who are drunks and drug addicts and everything, but put them in a horror novel premise so that book uh although it's horror has elements that uh inspired me from charles bukowski and hubert selby jr and authors like that of just like the whole dregs of society type of thing but more about that when the book gets close <clears throat> out and i will just shamelessly whore myself no i'm i'm excited for that one we've talked about it for a while um I but right. dregs of society uh i don't even know what we were talking about you're gonna have to bring it back in. Yes, you're drooping on this. <laughs> of course, you don't know. Uh, uh, you just took it off onto a tangy, dude. You went into I your book, dude, and, I, and now I, all we I can think about, about, about we were talking about Bukowski and Burroughs and just like writers that I can think of two were, that are associated that. heavily with the drug culture and how you didn't like them for some bizarre reason. No, I just did. I was like, uh, I don't know. I, you know what? It's that. It's that. God, that's such like that anti shit where I'm like, you can't tell me how to think about my fucking drugs, you fucking stupid hippie bitch. And that's like where my attitude was like right then when I was receiving those things. So I was like, I'll tell you how I feel about doing drugs. And that was just, you know, I was just that that's where I was at in my life when I was receiving them. So, you know, I, I have these books on my shelf, but I, I don't know if I want to like revisit them at all. Right. There's this book that I came across. It was an anthology, and I came across it like when I was like 19 or so, and it was called Drinking, Smoking, and Screwing. And it was an anthology that introduced me to a lot of writers, like, you know, like Bukowski was in it, Spalding Gray, of all people, was in it. Uh, and uh, it was just like these different excerpts from novels and short stories that were all just about drinking, smoking, and screwing, and there was some drugs involved in it. 
And I, I remember, I, I, I don't have it anymore, but I remember that anthology because it introduced me to a lot of different writers, um, not just be, like as far as like drug writers, but like Erica Zhang and like people that like wrote very openly, like a woman who wrote very openly about sex with Fear of Flying and other books. Mm. Uh, and that was kind of like, that was a big deal to me, that anthology. Like it opened a lot of doors for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. I also was uh, just, you know, super immature in the fact that, you know, anytime people were like, nah, you would like this, man. It reminds me of something you would like. And I'll be like, you don't fucking know what I like, dude. Fucking right. remind you of something. What are you fucking so, like, dreaming about me, dude? So like, like you were against Bukowski and, and I was just against anything, anything that anybody said that I would like. I was like, right. I'm not going to like that. Don't tell me to like this because, you well, know, you should give him another chance because, you know, Thompson, uh, like more than Burroughs, in my personal opinion, Thompson and, and Bukowski. Really no, I've read a bunch books. of Hunter. I've got I mean, I lo- I do like Hunter. I'm not trying to say like I don't like Hunter or Thompson stuff. <clears throat> and uh, I'm sure I share the same fate as him biting on the fucking shotgun and having like my ninth wife come and run in there and be like, oh, oh yeah. that's what he always wanted. That's, um, that's, that's me. That's that's 100%. where I'm going to be. So uh, so I'm waiting for that to happen. But, but uh, so I, I also I also am like I'm, I'm on that. But, uh, you know, I just also wasn't at the place, you know, just because like I like, you know, we're talking about where these things hit us. Right, in particular, and how we're artists now and how we're we are affected by these things. Right. Those particular I wasn't at a place where that was affecting me in the exact same sure. way. Right. So it, it took like a different turn for me. Well, I got into Bukowski, I was probably twenty or twenty one, <clears throat> and the first book of his that I read was called Tales of Ordinary Madness. And the reason I became familiar with him was because of that drinking, smoking and screwing anthology. He had a piece in there which was actually an excerpt from his novel, uh, women. Uh, but I bought tales of ordinary madness. And I think that's one of those books that like every writer delves into at some point, particularly in their early years. And that book just blew my mind. I was like, wow, you can actually write about this kind of stuff and get away with it. I thought this was taboo. I thought you couldn't do it. Uh, and it's not so much into the drugs as it is into like deviant sex and alcoholism and just being a scumbag. And I love that book to this day. It's one of my one of my favorites of that genre. Um, but uh, are you I get, like you into Bukowski at all? W- no, I mean, like what what I was not into mostly. Like I was more into like the let's get as fucked up as we can on whatever this is that we're doing and go out and see what happens. These all all of these guys that get gra- it would gravitate back towards sex in some huge way, and uh, where I'm like I don't fucking care. Like I'm not like I'm not interested in getting fucked up and having sex. I want to get all super fucked up uh, and then go out and experience everything else around me. Yeah, but I would um, argue that, but because <clears throat> more more than that, it's it's more about capturing the dregs of society and just like the the people who just like refuse to. To conform, like, you know, like just not having a job, not having a steady place to live even like just like the bum life is what Bukowski captured uh, with his early work. Yeah, I'm sure I haven't read it. I need to. Well, you know, you you should like you should check it out. I think uh, you would you would have a different appreciation for it now. Uh, But. Now that we talked, unless there's someone else you want to bring up, uh, like I think we should move on to how drugs 
affected our personal work, how they uh, kind of, um, you know, like how drugs influenced us as as writers and and creators. Okay. Sure. So correct. Without further ado, our next topic is one, two, three, four. Drugs and us. Drugs and us. Us and so this is drugs and us. Um, yeah, and, us on uh, drugs as we are right now. <laughs> and this is a good time. Uh, I like to do. I do like to push it, push it real good, as you know, when I'm uh, out there. You like to whip it, whip it good. No, I was pushing it, and I like to whip it sometimes in a nene, uh, also. But uh, I mean, how do you, I mean? What do you want to get into this? Like how we. Like how to, and to, if drugs influenced <clears throat> us as artists, as writers. I, I think I want to. I don't know. I want to be very clear about this, and I think that I tried to also uh, when I was on the the panel at KillerCon that inspired this whole topic for this show. Mm-hmm. That was the Burroughs panel. That was like, uh, I mean, the shorthand was like, "Hey, you guys are fucked up on drugs. How? What are you doing? How'd you do that?" Right. You know, <laughs> I think that was like the shorthand of the panel. Like, uh, they just and, lined uh, up the stoners. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, it was like fish in a barrel, towns of fish, people of barrel, fish in a barrel. And, uh, so I was, but I, that made me think about, uh, about those kind of things. And, uh, I don't know. I was like, uh, uh, fuck. We, what did we do? We took you're this tri- acid. She's totally <laughs> tripping on acid, dear. You're talking about the panel that you were on. Yeah, but like uh, panel. Yeah, that yeah, inspired that... this whole episode where I, I wanted to talk about. Uh, oh, oh, boom! I knew we'd get back to it. Too. I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving all of this in. Everybody is on this ride with me right well, now. Well, you gotta be. All yeah. standing. Okay. Uh, so, what I was gonna say was. Uh, Damn it! Did you make me lose it again? Jesus Christ! Cocks- <laughs> no, no, I know it. I know it. I know it. Um. Okay. God. Uh, magpie, just fluttering magpie. You were like, how drugs affected you as a, as an artist? Oh, on this panel, I made it very clear that I was like, it's not. Uh, obviously, like definitely doing drugs, at, at, you know, and, and and having psychedelic experiences does change the way that your your brain works like without a doubt and it does open you like you can argue or not argue that you get open to different you know wavelengths or whatever you're open to something that that you're now tapped into and maybe you're eternally tapped into it now or you can just vibrate at that experience better uh now that these these uh, you know whatever is these substances have allowed you to kind of lessen these barriers between yourself and these uh you know I guess heights you're trying to to reach, um, <clears throat> but uh, it 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 doesn't uh, it doesn't it. I never thought that I was more creative or that I got my creativity from uh, you know smoking weed or no, no, drinking absolutely. a bunch of, yeah. of beers or you know taking mushrooms and or taking acid. You know, no, that, that was no. never uh, it was never like I, I, I don't I mean, I want to make it quite clear that it's not. Yeah, we're having fun on the podcast. And uh, of course, we're going to put all this. This is at the very end. Uh, yes. So you won't know, you know, what I'll ever listen to it. But it no, is I'm like, sure. you know, I <clears throat> it's not like uh, 
it's not all fun and games. Like, let's just take some acid and go fuck off our lives. Like, you, you have it doesn't. Uh, I don't feel like um, I need to do drugs to uh, create any of the things right. that I do. But it sure is. But I mean, like to quote John Skip, you know what? Uh, you know what's better with weed? Everything. So like, I'm. I I love that I can smoke weed but for every single thing that I do. That's, that's for some. <clears throat> For some people, and that's some, one of my quotes. Not everybody, uh, no, and you know, like there's everybody. this, there's this, like there's this quote that's credited to Hemingway. I don't know if it's true that it came from him or not, but it, like that whole like write drunk, edit sober, and I think that's absolute nonsense. Like writing drunk would result in really shitty writing. Like maybe doing drugs and drinking like will open your mind. You can like you could take notes and come up with ideas, but trying to write when you're actually fucked up. Is going to result in shitty writing. That was another thing. I actually, I'm glad you brought that up because I totally <laughs> forgot about that. I, I was going to ask you because I I cannot uh, also I cannot write uh, while I've been drinking, or at least I don't feel like I'm. Pre- no. I mean, if if we're gonna let's whip together a quick uh, like vaudeville sketch, you know, while we're no. we're half in the bag. Of course, I am I'll, always. But, <clears throat> I am always sober when I write. Oh, but I can't sorry. like. Uh, you're 100 yeah. percent sober. Yes. Well, that's just you, baby. But I, I smoke. I have a lot. to be sober when I write because I need to be able to concentrate. Um, it's different I, for everybody. Like I, it is, I can. No, it, it is. It is. But like the idea of writing drunk—that's just stupid. Like that's, that's ridiculous. Like if you're so fucked it's up. It's not for everybody, dude. It's not for you. But no, like I don't know that that whole concept to me is ridiculous. I can't like, do it. So I don't fucked up that you can't even concentrate. You know, like to, like how can you concentrate? on writing something good when you're really just totally shit-faced on on booze or ass or whatever else when you're like that fucked up you can't even focus you know i would argue that like they're getting like that's where you think about something your mind takes a different track because you're on this substance and therefore you're capturing it but that's that's what i'm kind of what i'm saying like i get that on those things and and then put them into your art i think but i get that like when it comes to like coming up with ideas uh, like to be stoned or whatever and coming up with an, a really cool idea, kind of like plotting out what you want to write. But actually the process of actually writing something, if you're like whacked out of your gourd and trying to write, I just don't think like I, well, I mean, let's just me. let's just qualify whacked out of our gourds for everybody. You know what? what goofballs, everybody goofballs, because I, I, I mean, I. I do. Uh, I smoke a lot of weed, so I'll smoke most of the time when I wake up after I've been like doing my thing and doing the gym, whatever. And I'll sit and write. But I, but I'm used but, to it. That's part of my thing. If, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. And I mean, it's, it's just like smoking a cigarette respect. or something. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, that's exactly what I was gonna say. I mean, this is all due respect, but you smoke all the time, so it doesn't have the same effect on you as it's someone who would like right. smoke once I know. a week or something. And, and that's and, why like, I'm yeah, saying yeah. like it's not for yeah. everyone to right, do that right. that's why i wanted to like to say it's not i'm not trying to advocate like well you got to get fucking high or you got to do don't. this yeah you if you want to like come up with like look you're johnny fucking square obviously like oh i gotta take a sobriety test every time i set up my computer i gotta you know you're like you have you the blower you have the blow breathalyzer at your computer before you can right, start writing right. it has to make sure you're sober but on the flip side <laughs> of this on the flip side of this, there are drugs that are prescription drugs that people take, and some writers who may suffer from depression or anxiety or whatever else don't want to take those drugs because they worry that it's going to affect their writing that's going to like hurt them in some way. 
Uh, but I, I, I would encourage them that that's not the case. It's not like, the case at all. Also, it's I, not. It's not yeah. like like there are like prescription drugs that could really help you. And because you're not depressed and because you're not stressed out or or or, or like hate yourself, you will able you'll be able to actually write better. And that's exactly. And I just want to like before I forget my thought. That's what I'm trying to say about like drugs and stuff. Like you don't have to be reliant on, like, oh, if I take, you know, if I if I'm on something and I don't feel my fucking true pain, how can I create, you know, whatever, whatever it is. Like that's just like a typical thing that comes to my yeah, mind. But if you're if that's you're not so really depressed, true. that's really not. No. Yeah, that's not how it works. If you're so depressed and so in pain that you can't even write. And who, then, who benefits? Then, yeah, like, like, what's the point anyway? Like, you're, you're less like can't even get out of bed because you're so fucked up uh, from from a legit illness. Like, how does that make you? Like, that doesn't make you an artist. That makes you a crippled artist. And by taking medication, you can be a better artist. Absolutely. But no, like you, to build upon what you said, for those listening out here who may want to be a musician or a writer or whatever, you don't need drugs in order to achieve that in any way. You, don't. you certainly don't need to do a bunch of drugs on your podcast to achieve no. that in any way. <laughs> and make and make your podcast just a bunch of jibber jabber like we do. No, this is good jibber jabber. <clears throat> Not a Saturday morning cartoon, Jabberjaw. Jabberjaw, yeah, like the the, the shark. The shark. Yeah, 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 band, and they were like a sixties, like uh they were that was a good band. The Jabberjaw band. That was a a really terrible I like show. That. Yeah. <laughs> what? So, toe tapping. Toe tapping fun. As he rips another bong. So, uh, yeah, oh, like, fuck how, shit. <laughs> like, well, let me, let me ask you this because, and, and I mean this, uh, I, I don't mean this in any kind of bad way, but you're kind of, and when it comes to you being a writer and everything, like you're kind of known for drugs and how it like ties into your work. So do you, um, how do you feel about drugs and how it influences your work? Do you feel like it has an effect or that, uh, that, that like it has any effect at all or, or what do you feel like? No, of course it does have an effect. Like, like anybody that's had a psychedelic experience, like I was trying to, like I was saying earlier, you, you do get open. It, it opens your mind. Like you're just, you see something else, something else happens. Um, so of course to say that it, it wasn't, it can't, it's not affected by that. It would be just mm-hmm. ignorant. I think an ignorant statement, <clears throat> but yeah, it is tied into that, but it's not reliant on that. Mm-hmm. But, but because like, I am very, I'm very, obviously I'm very comfortable like being in this state. Uh, I don't know why, but I am like, I'm like right now, like maybe someone like you would be in like absolute meltdown freakout mode. At this Absolutely. point, um, but I'm but while I'm able to sit here and just look at you know the walls burn behind you and uh, you know I'm just joking I'm not saying that. <laughs> but like no, the giant funny there he is. There he goes. I'm gonna take you to the fucking zoo. You're gonna be real fucking, respectable, like Hubert, the giant. So it it does inspire, of course, your your imagination, and and also in a way like I learned that like in college at college classes where things like marijuana stimulate like a different way that you would normally think about something so instead of like an a to b if you were sober if you took if you if you were under the influence of marijuana you would go like a a1 a2 w7 69 and then you go totally lost yeah (laughs) but but no you get back but like it just it took you to different 
ways you wouldn't normally think. And that's what uh, that's why I liked things like the Twilight Zone or, you know, to bring it all back to those kind of things like where it just takes you completely off guard. It's not what you expected. It does take you out of your element. And that's all I ever wanted was to, I, that's all. <clears throat> that's why I take all this acid and go do my conventions and stuff, because it's just like I'm trying to like jolt me out of like some, you know, I want something crazy like to happen and be jolted. But uh, it's not, you know. Yeah, see, I kind of like went the opposite way in life with that, where I want to be in control of myself. I don't want to be, I don't want to feel like I'm out of, I don't feel want to feel unsafe because of my own condition. And that's how drugs make me feel now. So that's why I don't do them. Yeah, no, and they, they don't make me feel that way. Right. I feel right. pretty control of what I'm doing, but I also have a like, control freak problem. Mm. So that's an issue. I just don't enjoy them. I just don't enjoy, well, at least hallucinogens. I don't enjoy, and I never liked uppers or anything like that. I was never interested in cocaine. I don't even drink caffeinated coffee. Like, I always oh, drink I know, caffeine. you're a decaf little baby. Yeah, I can't take it, dude. I can't take, I can't take that stuff. I don't like it. Um, so, yeah, drugs is definitely something from my past, from my distant past. Uh, it's different for everybody. It's not. It is. It is. And I just want to say that, like, well, just to, again, close off on what I was saying, my work is, of course, been inspired by the, you know, things that I've done to blow my brain apart. Right. And, uh, and try to bring it back. But it's all it's all my journey of trying to make sense of whatever the way I'm processing uh, reality. So that is something that you need to realize is like wholly specific to one person. You sure. can't necessarily generalize that across so i don't want it to seem like uh yeah this guy's got it figured out because i because uh because i'll tell you this i do but also i don't like you know what i mean like seriously and i'm i'm 100 percent serious about that that's a fine fucking line of having shit figured out and not and the way it's viewed and uh and I that don't, can, you I don't, don't know think what so? that means i don't know i just i don't even know what that means like having it figured out but not having fear like I don't know. Wait. I don't even know what that means. Look, man, I just have it figured out. All right. I'm happy. You're happy. You do or you don't. <laughs> I do, man. But, you know. Well, you said you didn't, though. Like, but like... I don't. Do you, though? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, like, well, it depends on what it is we're talking about. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's what I'm saying. Off, way off the topic, you start talking about Roddy Piper. You brought him up. What? Like. <laughs> You were right. telling you were trying to tell me about how you met Roddy Piper that one time. Uh, that, like, I did not mention that at all on this show. That was something we talked about like several shows ago, a long time ago. Like you were really out there, dude. I don't know what you're talking Tim about anymore. Get a, a Slim Jim endorsement at some time. Slim Jim? That's Macho Man. That's not even Roddy Piper. Like, see, like you're 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 you're, you're fading away, dude. Like. You do, you're not like burning you're, out. You're fading away. You're like <laughs> you're going like <laughs> you're going into the the space lord mother mother zone. <laughs> well, me personally, my own stuff. I don't really. Uh, I don't have a kind of like an influence of drugs. I don't really do drugs. Um, and but I do tap into that in a way, like from my past, if I'm writing about. You know, and so like here and there in books, I'll write about like people doing drugs, but it's usually teenagers because that was my experience of, of with drugs was when I was young. So I don't write a lot about adults doing drugs. 
uh, you know, and it's like they say, write what you know. So I don't write about people doing drugs that I never did. I don't usually do that because I feel like it's disingenuous when it comes off, you know. Oh, of course. I don't uh, I don't think I, nobody in any of the things I've ever written are doing drugs. Mm-hmm. Besides maybe smoking, like smoking a joint in passing, but nothing that I've ever written has been centered around like. Right. The somebody like a drug thing. Right. Right. Is that what this whole meeting is about? God damn it. You don't have to trick me. I'm your friend. No, it wasn't about that. It was just, I was just happy to to mention it. I've got the cocaine all cut up. Ready for the the cocaine party. If the story calls calls for it, I'll have a character who does heroin or cocaine or something that I've never done. Uh, But most of my stories don't involve that. Um, But yeah, it, it, it depends on if the story calls for it. But I've noticed personally that if I have characters... Even just smoking weed, something innocent like that, uh, they're usually young because that's where I had my experiences with weed, you know? So, do you want to bring me on as a, a consultant? You know, you I might, I might. I have to, just like, like, just, just uh, I'm always there, dude. I'm 100%, you know, I appreciate that. My line, I, mean, I just want you to know, like, my line is always open. The Corey hotline, the Corey hotline. I'm here manning it day and like night. Someone's got it. And, uh, you know, and it's I do it. Pre- is ringing off the hook, dude. Like, we do it in shifts. You know, it's kind of like, okay, it's your turn. They got us working <laughs> in shifts. My hand, like, it's so, I mean, I can barely write from taking all the messages. Yeah. Yeah. Corey, allegory. You know, yes, and Corey. if I write allegory one more time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose my fucking mind, dude. You know? <laughs> Stop calling the Corey hotline and just say an allegory. All right? The joke is over. It doesn't make sense. It's over. It's over. Leave a real message, for Christ's sake. Yep. (laughs) These people. Uh, Well, uh, do we want to wrap it up, or do we have more that we want to discuss about drugs? And, and like, are you okay? Are Are you all right? I'm fine, dude. Are you okay? You look disheveled. What do you mean disheveled? I'm I'm totally fine. Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. You look like a Charles Bronson for a second, like in Charles Bronson Part Three. Like well, I appreciate that. Was, like, like if I look no. like Charles Bronson, I'm doing something right because that guy was a bad motherfucker. I know. I think I smell like the cologne through the the mandem. Mandem. I think I, I can smell the mandem off from here. And I, I'm going to tell you this. I like what I like what I'm smelling. Oh, yeah. I like what you're laying down. That's because all the world loves a lover. I mean, who does not love a lover? Right. The whole world. All of the world. All the world. A lover. Loves a lover. Please stop the show right now and go watch that. I'm I'm inserting a a YouTube link right here. Please do. Please do. Um, Well, this uh, is Labor Day. We're both high. Yeah, this has Uh, been a good time. This has been a really good time. in, in, In the grand scheme of things. In in the spine of of uh, God. God type of way, monster magnet album yes. magnet. It could have gone Probably their best. It could have gone a lot of ways, but I think it went. I think it went a good way. Yeah, particularly because we're both blasted out of our it minds. Our own way. <laughs> you can go your own way. Yeah, uh, we are having a good old time, but you know, also uh, allegedly. Uh, and be good 
kids or don't. Actually, I'm not trying to set an example. You know, don't do drugs or don't. I don't fucking care what you do, honestly. Uh, well, like, uh, say like, well, uh, okay, well, let's go, let's close on that. Like, I, I would say I, I don't, I don't necessarily regret my time doing drugs, uh, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend it either. Um, weed, I think, you know, like is really good for a lot of people. Acid, I wouldn't recommend for most personally. Um, I don't know. I think I, I, I just think acid is a more I don't know. Like I, I, like I said, I did a lot of acid for a short period of time, only a year or two, but I did a lot of it, and I, I had some really fun times on it. But I think, it, I think it might have caused some damage to me and made me more crazy than I already am. So I don't know if I can totally recommend doing acid. I'm not. I didn't say I was recommending anything. I didn't say. That I said did. do whatever the fuck you want. I did not say that you were. I was just saying my own personal views on drugs that I did. Yeah, right. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm and sorry. just kind of like closing I up. Not, I got it heated. I didn't mean to. That's that's all right. It's okay. You know, like you you're trip you're straight tripping, boo. Boo. <laughs> For some reason, like in my mind, I thought we were like I I see a. Um, like a bowling like I, I feel like we should like be like we're about to wrap this up and then go bowling like i wish all right i'll see you at the lane dude like you know and, be, but it's all but it's just also that you're also in the next room like just recording and we just like I walk know. out with our bowling balls and we're like all right let's go i totally and, wish that i totally wish we were like in the in the next room we can go bowling come back and watch miami connection or couple something beers couple burgers troubles are over dude. troubles are over john lane <laughs> troubles are over dude <laughs> and I think that that's the best thing to leave this on is our troubles I are over. So. It's Labor Day. Are over. We had some acid, we had some pills and some drinks, and that's all right. It's Labor Day. Hey, it's and Labor that's, Day, right? And we're just trying to games. say, hey, you don't need it, but sometimes you do. And that's and, okay. and like I'm going to say, what I'm going to do as soon as we're done is I'm going to go watch Married with Children. I'm going to watch the Labor Day episodes. I haven't watched well, them yeah, yet. Yeah, both of I was saving them for after this as well. Oh, yeah, dude. I was, I was I'm, busy. I'm I was kicking my out. old lady off the couch. Get the fuck out. I'm We're kicking the- her out of the entire house. Like, oh, yeah, the- I made her. I got, <laughs> the car has been the car has been running for this entire episode. Did I tell you that? Her car, not Get mine. Out I'm, of not, here. I'm not wasting my gas on that. But yeah, her car has been running this entire episode. Go pick me up some hot pockets. <laughs> yeah, just keep making the block until I'm done watching these two episodes, and then <laughs> hey, tell her I want some Arby's. All right. No, no, absolutely no Arby's. <laughs> Which counts as a drug in and of itself, I think. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck Arby's. Fuck the meats. (laughs) I saw a fucking ad that they're like, they you can buy like meat by the pound at Arby's. You can just like no way. Yeah, that it's they're selling it by like (sighs) you. You can on the app uh, drop by like, hey, I'm gonna like somebody like you could be like, hey, I'm gonna come by for my (laughs) usual morning warm, warm twenty ounce. (laughs) juice or au jus that i slam every morning and the side of hash but uh also let me get let me get two and a half pounds of raw you know corned beef That's on fucking the side. crazy like, dude they like sell their their fucking yeah they're selling the meats meat like and like by the pound like by it's the pound dude where's that or something yeah that's insane i'm so you excited could go, you're gonna <laughs> <laughs> If you're not watching the video right now, Chris is like halfway out of his door. He's like already searching Arby's on his fucking phone. He's like, uh, yeah, 
Uh huh. Arby's. Five a pound. Oh my god. <laughs> He's actually making calls into people. Like, why didn't you tell me this sooner? Why yeah. is this chucklehead idiot the first one to how, tell? Yeah, me how does this? he know? He doesn't even love you the way he hates I do. Arby's. Like, like, why? Like, why wouldn't like I should get all the Arby's alerts immediately? You I don't know? know, man. I don't know why you didn't get that one, dude. I but... don't know. I don't know. Well, but speaking of Arby's, you can always find us at Chris and John Wayne at Arby's <laughs> at Arby's.com. <laughs> always hanging out in Arby's. You, you know, can always find begrudgingly there. like you're like always happy to be there and I'm always in a bad mood. You're always like, how did I end up here? Yeah. Still <laughs> drinking a cup of coffee and yeah. you're like all happy with it. Anyway, find us at your local Arby's. We're we're gonna right. be on a tour soon. Um as soon as Arby's <laughs> lets you do dine in, we're yeah. gonna have our Arby's tour. Um look for the Arby's look for the Bundy uh, book bookmobile. The Bundy mobile. The, the Polkai bookmobile. Look for the Polkai bookmobile because that's a reality, motherfuckers. <laughs> Get on the ground floor now because this is happening. Yeah. What's happening? We're going to come to an Arby's near you in that. <laughs> and fucking. You, you'll be there like getting like half pounds of roast beef, throwing them out to the yes. crowd. Shit, and I'll be like, no, no. Yeah, I'll just be like smacking groupies in the face with cheesy gray meat. <laughs> You think gravy? <laughs> like that, dude. It's so nice. <laughs> and they will love it. They'll beg me for more. Oh, that's well, just like. <laughs> well, please, if you want more, please. If you want more, this Thursday. nonsense. Yes. Every Thursday uh, at everything you can listen to it on and our YouTube yes. channel, Chris and John. All John the Wayne. podcatchers, and uh, you can find us at chrisandjohnwayne.com. Absolutely. Uh, um, I'm John Wayne is dead. I am uh, at Twitter Coyote Chris K O Y O T E K R I S. Everything's with a K with this guy. Uh, but you can find me at my website, Christopher Toronto. You can find me at Facebook and all the other things that the kids like, uh, hipping and hopping and a pipping and they bopping with their rap music. You can find uh, him outside buying beer for kids in front of the Seven Eleven at Eleventh and Seven Seventy Eighth Street. Uh, kids, nine and kids, <laughs> you heard it here first. I only charge ten percent. Yeah, uh, I also accept blowjobs. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> we're gonna have to strike that from the record. Uh, anyway, thanks, thanks everybody. Uh, good night. We're and, gonna uh, end on that. Jesus, a blowjob. No. We're- <laughs> How do you want to end? <laughs> We're going to end with saying, don't do drugs unless you are curious or, or enjoy them. Yeah, or, you know, and just like, uh, do whatever you want. I don't, do, I have no do what advice. you want. We're not, we're not the fun police. Yeah, and we're also not an authority on anything. No, and we're not fucking role models to your kids. Yeah, we're not Chris Rodman, goddammit. No. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when he was like, I'm not a role model. Yeah, neither yeah. are we, you know? Neither are we, but if you want to give us a major book deal where we'll be naked on the cover, we will do that. Yes, we'll yeah. do just okay. about anything for a major book deal, so. <laughs> on the cover. Okay, so. So send your money to Major Book Deal at Naked Uncover John Wayne and Chris at Vitalist Social Issues. Oh fuck! Um, oh fuck! Uh, we love you all. We love we you. Wish you a very stony Labor Day, even though you won't hear this until this well weeks, after three weeks later. Yeah, With, it'll be mid-September. Yeah, but let's all remember this time. 
Let's all remember this glorious Labor Day. Uh, uh, we love you and good night. I love you too. Good night. Uptown girl, she's been living in her white bread world. Come on, guys. Forget the clubs, just shoot them. <laughs> <laughs>